Hello, and welcome back to Double Oz 7 after a very long break for us, but a very short break for you since it took us so long getting out the Die Another Day episode that nobody really wanted to hear but Ben. But it's out there now, and we're moving on to bigger and better things. This is our first episode of 2017, and the first time in about two months that we are recording it in separate countries again, <laughs> because I had Ben deported after Die Another Day. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Die Another Day, after doing that, uh, I just have to say I'm Colin, and with this movie we're doing today, I have all the time in the world for it. And my name is Ben. I'm still in mourning the fact that we probably will never do another Die Another Day episode. And can I just say, at the time of recording, the Die Another Day commentary has had 24 downloads. So at least 24 people wanted to listen to it as well. So in your face, Colin Hilding. Or, or 24 people were interested in Pierce Bras and turning somebody straight before they realised we were talking about <laughs> Die Another Day. Yeah. Oh, this is a cure for homosexuality. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but we are here to talk about, we went from, I, I thought it would be a complete extreme. I have to always remind myself that Dino of the Day is not my least favorite James Bond movie. <laughs> I ranked License to Kill a little bit lower than that. But we're basically going from the extreme of Dino of the Day to Honor Magic Seeker Service. And if you heard my excitement at the end of our Dino of the Day episode, you'll know how much I love this movie. If you heard us talk about this in our originally Honor Magic Secret Service episode, you know how excited I am about it. Um... This is like the ultimate Bond movie for me, and it's uh, the one that I, I never really expected to get into because, at least at the time I saw it, it didn't really have a great reputation. But um, there is nothing. I'm basically flat out on my back right now with uh, an injury. I've <laughs> been moving about a foot every minute and a half when I have to get up to go to the washroom. So That's what Dying of the um, Day does to you. Yeah. <laughs> Dying of the Day makes me run to the washroom very quickly. Um but this is one, like, there, there was not even being flat on my back was going to stop me from recording this episode today. I cannot wait to talk about this movie. This is, I think I've mentioned it before, the, the first, I guess, old James Bond I saw, um, the first one from the 60s. This is the one where my dad would, uh, you know, we'd watch these and dad was like, oh, did you know there was an Australian Bond? And I'm like, oh, no way. So we got this and watched it. And it was it was kind of one of the ones that I would voluntarily want to watch as quote the old ones because you know i would generally always sort of watch the newer ones over watching the old ones unless i was doing a complete rewatch so um yeah i i I enjoy this film i think i mean we all i mean this came in at number two on our overall ranking list spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that one but this is a a well-loved film by all three of us i think it's a fairly well-loved film now by most uh, James Bond critics, although I did speak to somebody recently who did not like this film, and I thought they were stupid. But mind you, I like Die Another Day, so what taste do I have? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this as well. I'm sad that we, we tried to get Noah people. We did try to get Noah to come back, but Noah is actually a lot closer to Peace Gloria than any of us right now because he is in Europe, and Europe is weird because their timing is a lot harder to get right than Australia and Canada. <laughs> so, um, Noah, unfortunately, doesn't commit as much as, say, Colin and I do. I literally fly to Colin's house to do a commentary, whereas Noah is too busy <laughs> hanging out with girls. So, priorities, people. And sending postcards to one of the two of us. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still waiting on my postcard, Noah. Yes. Yeah, send Colin a postcard, Noah. That's not very nice. Don't send one to me. I mean, I appreciated it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, we did want Noah on this because I think when we started doing this commentary, it was, 
and, and we should also say we're we're starting 2017 now and we're hoping the schedule is going to be a little bit more frequent. I mean, obviously before Spectre came out that we were going to be very busy getting a lot of episodes out there. Uh, this past year, you know, due to Noah being away, you being away, me having a baby, um, not personally giving birth, but say, my Jesus, wife and I Schwarzenegger having... Schwarzenegger Jr.? What? I'm flat out of my back after squeezing that baby right out of me. <laughs> That's basically what happens. But, uh, no, I mean, our lives have just been crazy in the last year. So we did have much uh, fewer episodes than we did the year prior to that. But we kind of did these commentaries just as something to... Uh, to get us by when all three of us couldn't be there and we decided okay well if we have any like really big ones we'll have to get all three of us on here so that's why we really want to know on this and we didn't want to postpone this anymore because well if we did another random draw i know my luck would be like licensed to kill or something <laughs> like that so um but yeah hopefully we'll have noah back on here soon but uh uh i don't know the, this commentary um it's going to be a long movie, so I don't know how long we want to discuss this going into it. But uh, do you have anything else to add, like before we start the movie? On like you talked about when you first saw it, um, anything else? Like I want to talk just really quickly about. Uh, or, or I'll ask you the question first, as I'm about to cut you off and tell my own story. I'll let you. Answer. What do you think anything about it? But I'll ask about? you a question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited with this movie. I just can't contain myself. Oh. <laughs> Um, so are you asking me a question or do you want my thoughts first? <laughs> well, if you have anything else you want to add before we jump into the commentary. The one thing that I want to quickly add right now, and I'm so sad that none of us have even mentioned this in the opening however many minutes we've been waffling on about this, George Lazenby. Like, seriously, how are we not excited for the fact that we are about to talk about George freaking Lazenby? I remember when we first started 007, we basically all came together and said, we are going to be the George Lazenby podcast. We are going to talk this guy up. He is going to be the deity of everything to do with 007. We haven't mentioned him in about 30 episodes, all right? I, I apologise for the fact that Die Another Day gets more references than George Lazenby, all right? Die Another Day has well, fans. George Lazenby doesn't. We need to fix this. <laughs> I, I think we also evolved into the Roger Moore impression and Pierce Brosnan ogling podcast, Very true too. there, Colin. <laughs> so, Lazenby did get a big, bit of a hit. I mean, what I wanted to talk about really quickly, just again, as we get into initial impressions, is that uh, I know I've mentioned this on other episodes, I'd seen probably at least half of the Bond movies at this point, and I was on a big kick. This is around the time of The World's Not Enough. And there was no, like, I, I didn't have the internet at least at that point. I think I was still about six months away from getting a computer or anything. But <laughs> I'd have to rely on, like, these books that were, like, movie guides. I don't know if you, anybody remembers those things. Like, Leonard Maltin's movie guide, and it would list all this stuff. And, you know, I saw Honor Majesty's Secret Service in there one day, and it said James Bond. And I remember seeing it, like, the DVD out at the video store and not even thinking it was a real Bond movie because I'm like, I've never heard of this guy before. And, and little did I know that Never Say Never Again was the one that I was waiting to get was Never Say Never Again. Sean Connery came back and I thought, well, that's a real Bond movie and this wasn't. But it, it didn't have a great reputation. And when I saw it, I immediately said, like, this is the greatest Bond movie I've ever seen. And my opinions never changed. But my original impression, which probably held for, I'd say at least two or three years was that I didn't like Lazenby. I was one of these people that's like, he's really bad. I love everything else in the movie. And it wasn't until I read the book uh, where I got, like he was playing this differently. And it's very hard to judge this compared to, especially coming off of You Only Live Twice. It's very hard to judge this compared to Sean Connery. I think had this come off of 
from Russia with Love or Thunderball and you were transitioning Connery to Lazenby, it would be easier to accept. But, uh, I mean, he's grown on me a lot since then because he is playing a completely different character. And one of the ways we said before that I don't think Connery could have done. I, I'm looking forward to continuing that discussion, I guess, throughout this episode because, you know, I mean, it's kind of... I don't want to... It's not the black sheep of the James Bond film in the reference I'm trying to make it. Like, I mean, it's... Obviously, Lazenby's the only actor to have ever only played James Bond once in a, an official capacity. Um, and it's kind of... It's, it's unique in that way. And, I mean, we'll talk a lot about him. We've talked a lot about him uh, in terms of why he didn't continue and everything around that. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, I guess, as we watch this together um, to kind of, you know, picture... Lays, uh, Connery in these roles. I mean, we talked a little bit about that, I think, when it came to um, Timothy Dalton when we did Living Daylights, how, you know, that would have been had he continued on into the golden eye era and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I know you just want us to shut up and watch this film already, so... <laughs> well, if you haven't heard the other commentary episodes, what we have right now and is we have it... I hope you have it, Ben. I uh, hope you haven't forgotten what we do already, but we have it yeah, what? as soon as the MGM Lion... <laughs> there's... There's a lot of different DVDs and Blu-rays out there, some of which play at different speeds, which, which, right, Noah? Which, can I, um, just, can I just quickly interrupt you there? Sorry, Colin, but thank you to um, a listener who did... Email. It's funny, actually, we were talking about uh, emails and everything about checking. We did have a listener comment um, or email us, one of them, uh, about why you two were out of sync. I don't know if you saw... I think it was a public comment on one of our episodes. No. But basically, um, it all boarded down to the fact that there were slightly different speeds or something in regards to different regions of DVD slash Blu-rays. So that is why mm. you were out of sync. This person explained the technicalities of it. So thank you, random person who did that. I wish I could actually find that uh, comment somewhere, but it is out there and I will try and find it. But anyway, sorry to interrupt you. We'll give you credit one day. <laughs> the next time we're out of sync, we will make sure to give you proper credit for it. But um, if there's any other intros or anything, you know, like FBI warnings, I don't know if everybody everybody doesn't have the FBI or whatever. But <laughs> um, what is the Australian FBI? Do you have one of those? Um, uh, what, what is the Australian? Uh, ASIO. Uh, no, hang on. No, just the Australian Federal Police, <laughs> AFP. That is the, um, the like original... Dundee Squad or something like. <laughs> what was yours? The the Mounties. That's about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't. Mine still has FBI on here because I think we got this off eBay. But I I don't know if there is a Mounties warning. <laughs> Mounties <laughs> we politely oh. request you not pirate. <laughs> Sorry, you illegally copied this, eh? Please don't do it. Sorry. <laughs> But as we've gone on for five minutes on the MGM logo, <laughs> as soon as you see the lion here, because we know that's going to be on everybody's screen, uh, don't wait for him to roar or anything like that. As soon as the lion appears, that's where I have a pause. Is that where you have a pause, Ben? I am seeing the unimpressed lion that was unimpressed at Die Another Day, and it's now unimpressed that we haven't started this commentary. <laughs> All right. So we have a pause on the lion, and we're going to go... In this one, we'll go three, two, one, and hilly. And on hilly, <laughs> then we will press play. Uh, Are we ready to go? I'm down for the hilly love. Let's do this. Okay. Three, two, one. Hilly. I'm sad, Colin. I'm not sitting on your couch right now. This is not fun. I know. I'm lying. I'm taking up all the space on the couch. I can't really move right now. I'd make you sit on the floor like I sat on the floor. (laughs) 
I was watching. This is nothing to do with the movie, but you put a trailer out for your your travel films that you've had, which people can. Uh, I'm sure see if they follow you. And I saw a quick shot of me sitting on the floor <laughs> and you sitting on my couch to record it down to the day. And I'm like, <laughs> why am I sitting on the floor? And I don't know. <laughs> I'll wait until the film comes out. You'll love the whole whole thing. Now, I was reading about this gun barrel and um, something which I never noticed until actually just seeing it there. This is the first and I, is it the only one where the blood actually erases James Bond? But we don't see it like die another day where the blood's just dripping down. Mm. But like that blood, as soon as it went over Bond, he was disappeared. Is that a sign? Now, Connery, I know Connery didn't do the first three. He did Thunderball and You Only Live Twice, right? Yeah, it was, uh, like, it was a stunt couple. double that did the first couple, wasn't it? Bob Simmons, I think. Yeah. Here's one thing with this movie, and I think we talked about this when it came out. You know, they've got everything in this opening sequence that people are familiar with. You have M, you have Money Penny, but it seems to be like different angles. Like we're seeing M's office and it's the exact same office, but they're using different angles to kind of make it look different. And I noticed the same thing later on in the movie. Everything's the same, but it just looks a little bit different in this. I just love the fact that we're back to beep, 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 yeah. like, <laughs> good old James Bond beeping impatient driver <laughs> i want it like james bond road rage is going to come out one of these days what was that simpsons hit and run video game james bond hit and run oh yeah <laughs> i that remember that game. game all right we're not getting sidetracked already into this ben stop talking about other things besides james bond now this is the whole the There's whole a lot. Po- point of this isn't it like hiding his face like who is this man yeah well, I'm pretty sure people at this point knew that there was no Connery and they knew who Lazy... Like, I don't think movies in the 50s and 60s, there was the same kind of like media coverage there is today. In some ways, I think it was bigger, especially when you get something like Bond, where everybody must have known who Lazenby was before this happened. Yeah, I think, again, from reading a lot of stuff before we did this, I mean, the British press and just all the negativity around him... And I guess we can talk about that throughout the film, you know, as to why this was his one and only one. But, I mean, they said a lot of that was basically before this film even came out. Like, the people who'd seen the previews and all that were just so down on Lazenby that there was so much negativity around him. And that's why, I mean, because this, I guess, wasn't the most successful Bond film in terms of box office at the time. And sort of the reviews that we were talking about at the beginning have only really come about, really, in the last 10, 20 years, haven't they? I mean, at the time, this wasn't a really well-rated film from the critics either so mm-hmm. i do love the music yeah oh uh, this is i i i think it's really between this and thunderball for the best john barry score of a bond movie what, what's what, i still this is like this whole bit right now he's just watching this woman she's about uh, knee deep in the water in what way is she trying to kill herself right now <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah. just hang out at beaches. Shit, there's a woman in the water. She's going to kill herself. Yeah, from his perspective, what is tipping him off here? She's killing himself. That she's killing herself. I guess she's I mean, wearing come her on. clothes. We all know if she really wanted to kill herself, she could have tipped a canoe over top yeah, of herself, right? We're going to see watch that. This. We have to how many canoes and deaths? Yeah. <laughs> here we go, Noah. Why is <laughs> <it> here? <laughs> 
Somebody should like edit this with the opening of Jaws and like she's getting attacked and then James Bond like punches a shark. Not, not to get sidetracked, you know, the way that Ben usually does, but is this the most <laughs> amount of cleavage we've ever seen in a Bond movie up until this point? Are we talking about Lazenby or Diana Rigg? <laughs> That's definitely the wettest t-shirt we've ever seen on Lazenby. My name's Bond. James Bond. It is a bit distract. Like it doesn't matter how many times I've seen all these movies, and I've probably seen Honor Majesty's Secret Service as much as any other. The My Name's Bond. I don't think he quite was comfortable with that no. yet. Yeah, I mean, look, I love Lazenby. I love the man, but I mean, there are certain bits of his acting capabilities that you know still don't mm. exactly scream brilliance. <laughs> right, he's a it, it really is the things that that are unlike Bond, where you're not having to picture another actor that's easier, like the, the love story stuff. <laughs> right, so was that guy oh, dead? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he is, and we did talk about this, didn't we? Like, he is a very good when it comes to these fights. Like, he's, you imagine him as a tough mother. Like, he is brutal. Yeah, I, I'm sure Connery did a lot of the fighting, especially, you know, from Russia with Love. We know he did a lot of the fighting there, but... Like, this is outside of that from Russia with Love train fight. This movie, like, every fight scene in it is way more physical than I think anything we were going to see till at least the Pierce Brosnan era. And this was, I mean, again, you've read books. I've never have. But, like, this is very um, close to the book, is it not? This is, like, at the time, I guess to this day, still is one of the most um, true to the books, from what I believe. Yeah. Which, this opening sequence isn't in it, but it's still very much true to like what the book was like the fact that you know tracy was very troubled and everything oh here comes the death yeah okay i'm, I'm, I'm watching this i'm seeing that canoe because <laughs> i can't remember whose side i was on all right there's a canoe. okay that doesn't kill him he he's just, just he, he, top the he's under it there's a big gap there noah um <laughs> he can breathe oh and this one the guy caught in the nets we know he's dead <laughs> so did we? So your no, argument was that nobody died. Noah's was that two died, and was mine. I was just in the middle. I said one. I I, don't, I think you just had a random number. Yeah, I don't think anyone well, died you... there. Yeah, Diana Rigg was closer to death than those two men. Oh, here we go. Here's the line. Yeah, this one does work though. It's fun. <laughs> I will say, like I was, um, George Lazenby was only twenty nine when he did this. Still the youngest Bond. I'm twenty nine at the time of recording this, so I'm James Bond's age in this movie, and he he looks a lot older for twenty nine. I think everybody looked older in these days because Connery was only maybe thirty two or thirty three when he mm. started in Doctor No. This music. I mean, we talked about this opening sequence. I know, like, I mean, they could have used all the time in the world, but. This kind of works. I mean, this this theme, this is just... This is epic. I mm-hmm. love this theme. Although, hanging on a clock hand. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the, the, the title sequence. Well, I mean, the, the flashback stuff. This is the flashback on one, that. yeah, I was about to say. But then again, I mean, Goldfinger had flashback stuff in it. So this basically... basically oh... This is what's happened. Remember this because it's not Connery anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, uh, again, I saw this, you know, after uh, many of the Bond movies. And after, what this reminded me of was, you know, in Superman, I don't know if it's Superman 2 or Superman 3, when they would just, all the movies would just show what happened in the one prior to them. The Rocky movies did that too. Mm. 
but I think this this way precedes them. But that that's what I, this always reminded me. I was like little shots of oh here was our last adventure, and then they recycled this for Spectre, sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were the throwbacks. I mean, when we first saw the Spectre trailer, we had this sort of a new reworked version of this, which we've ne- they've never yeah. released, have they? Like that was epic. I wish they'd release that. Mm. I wonder if George Lazenby sits uh, down and watches this every now and then and goes, "Fuck, I was an idiot for not listening <laughs> for, for listening to my manager." <laughs> wonder if he sits down and watches um, for your height only or whatever that <laughs> Filipino <Yeah>. one. Was. <laughs> yes, we got an email, people, and this isn't the one I was talking about before. Hello to our listener Sam Vero. Thank you for your. Um, Email telling us to watch the English English language Filipino James Bond spoof called "For Your Height Only," starring a three foot dwarf called Weng Weng. Uh, we're going to put that on our list, Sam, and um, <laughs> and it actually will be on our list. It will be. And actually, just quickly, and I know Colin's holding out for this. We got some reviews on our iTunes page, and yes. we've been begging for these for eighteen months or however long we've been around for, and uh, we've only got two. And I can get these quickly, and we'll promise we'll talk about the film. We're not going to start talking about Fran Drescher anytime soon. But um, our first one, I will say thank you to the Shedmaster, who I do believe is Catherine, and her comment simply says, not a rip-off of Spectre, etc. So thank you uh, for that, Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) I think on their page it says a rip-off of 007, but whatever. And from Viv Gilchrist, um, the title says, The Superior JB Podcast. If you're looking for encyclopedia knowledge, James Bond Radio is your best bet, but if you would prefer to laugh so much that a little bit of we will come out, then Double Oz 70 is unmatched. That's a problem our listeners have. For a taste of what these guys are about, I would recommend For Your Eyes Only or License to Kill. It's great fun, and by now, probably the fourth most popular Australian-Canadian James Bond 007 podcast. Thank you, Viv. <laughs> um, <laughs> get your incontinence pad somewhere soon. <laughs> Which we learnt from our lead up to Spectre is an issue that I have as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's our new tagline. Like, Not a rip off of you Spectre. You have your validation. The, the comic genius thing. I mean, all of our listeners, they love the comedy. <laughs> yes. We are so funny here. <laughs> Just if you're sitting next to somebody and they're listening to a podcast and they smell like we, they're clearly listening to Double Oz 7. <laughs> Can we again? There's not a lot happening here. We need to discuss right now, but you, you and I have both listened to some of our own episodes in public no. places, and like it. And again, this isn't brag or something. It is hard sometimes. You forget certain conversations, and it is hard sometimes to actually contain yourself. And I remember one time I was at work, and I I was trying to put together our best of episodes, um, and Noah had kind of done these timestamps and everything and it got to the uh the avengers quote bond stuff <laughs> i think i was faking coughs and sneezes for probably about five minutes at work i was sweating bullets it's very hard to do i used to so, listen. yeah if a little bit of weed does come out yeah. then it's understandable i used to listen to them on the way to work so, i mean that was kind of fine in the car like laughing in my own car but like I was on my recent trip. I was I did the day tour from New York down to Washington. Now it's like a four hour drive, so I'm like on this bus listening to our rankings of the songs. And I stand by this that that's probably one of the best episodes we ever did. And yeah. I'm there exactly like as you were saying, just trying to like, <laughs> like, just, like I'm laughing. And the sad thing is, is that people are probably like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" Oh, just myself. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. There's the massive Whoa. cleavage again. Yes, and where was Lazenby's eyes at that point? <laughs> She's a very beautiful woman. Yeah, hands down one of the best Bond girls all around. I mean, I don't think they had had any... Maybe Honor Blackman, but I don't think other than her they had had any real actresses up in this point. That's not a knock against who they did have, but they typically hired models and had Nikki Vanderzil do the voice. And here they have not only a real actress, but somebody who was a huge star at the time. I mean, arguably one of the biggest stars in England. Do you believe that they did not get along with each other? Because it's kind of circulating, like, sort of two-sided rumors mm-hmm. out there isn't there that some will say and i think even lazy me in some interviews has said well we kind of didn't but then others it's like well they kind of i mean i i want to think that they did get along but i don't know i think well they kind of both went back and forth i mean for years they would be like oh no that was all just made up and i think there was a recent diana rigg interview she was promoting game of thrones or something and she she validated that she said oh yeah we really didn't get along but I don't know if they're just saying this years later because maybe they've taken a couple shots at each other. Like, are Diana Rigg and George Lisenby on Twitter taking shots at each other lately? Is there something we're missing? Is Diana Rigg even in the sphere where she knows what Twitter is? I mean, isn't she, like, 80 now? Like, no offense <laughs> to 80-year-olds, but... You know, it was an 80-year-old that gave us a five-star review on... Yes. Thanks, Viv. iTunes. So we're going to find they out. They thought they were listening to Spectrum. This, this might be our hardest one when it comes to uh, finding someone to tweet to. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, who's the person most likely to be alive? <laughs> There's a fake Diana Rigg one. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help us. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bet that it's probably one of the many uh, Peace Gloria girls. Yes. But how we're gonna identify who is who? You know, George Maybe Lazenby. by what they're eating, like is there a banana girl and chicken girl? <laughs> well, touching the banana girl. Um, <laughs> this guy is just taking how many punches to the face? What's with the excessive grunting? Uh, 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 this is this is what you get when one of your hosts uh, has a, a baby. But this is what my son has started to do as he, he drinks his bottle. It's just all you constantly hear is... Ugh, ugh, ugh. And all he's doing is drinking a bottle of milk. It's, ugh. <laughs> he's, he's in line to play James Bond in about 20, 25 years. <laughs> he's, he's auditioning. See, this is like... We're, how, how long are we into this movie? We're like, what, 15 minutes in and... Yeah. It's so, like, violently brutal, fights. isn't it? Yeah. Well, see, here's one thing I always wonder about Bond. He'll have these fights with guys that are clearly trying to kill them. He'll knock them out, and then he'll just leave them. Yeah, exactly. Like, shouldn't he be, like, duct taping their mouths and calling M? Like, come pick them up, get them to a secure facility or something. Yeah, where, where's the, the... These guys, this guy's going to wake up in five minutes. Where's the behind the scenes of, you know, the, the clean-up crew for MI6? Like, you know, Johnson, come yeah. clean up this guy. <laughs> I can't remember what, what I was I was watching recently. There was, uh, oh, it was uh, the Jack Ryan, uh, the, the new Jack Ryan movie with Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I liked about it was that there's like a big fight scene like this and then you get 10 minutes devoted to oh well here are the guys that come in and they clean everything up 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, again, I know I've mentioned it 101 times before, but I mean, that's what at least the first Austin Powers movie did so well was kind of that little joking, like, no one ever thinks about the loved ones of a henchman. Like, I mean, yeah. just little, like, piss takes of that. Like, we have all these Marvel spin off movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's have a James Bond Netflix film about the behind the scenes people at MI6. Like, who's out there having to ring up all these James Bond girls and break up with them because Bond's on to somebody else? And, like, who's on to, like, helping James Bond do this, that, and everything else? I mean, as silly as it sounds, like, don't be that outlandish, but, like, you could do a. a Sorry, just noticed, I just noticed Lazenby's eyes looking down during one shot there again. <laughs> His cleavage is powerful. <laughs> well, now he's becoming abusive. Yeah. You're hurting me. In all fairness, oh, did she think... Did, in all fairness, did she think that it would not hurt when she pulled the trigger and shot him in the face? <laughs> You're hurting me. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> now, um... As somebody who doesn't want to come across as sounding completely 1960s sexist dinosaur, uh, was she warranted to get a slap right there? I mean, she was withholding information. <laughs> Man or woman? Well, she was like, like about to kill. <laughs> I mean, if she still had the gun in her hand, definitely, because you don't want to die. Well, I mean, you know, again. But I think he'd already taken the gun. Well, I was about to say, she did kind of have a gun on him, so surely some. This is this guy again, as you were saying. <laughs> I told you, five minutes later, he's coming back for him. Not off to a good start for um, anything, really, in, in this era. The fact that all the bad guys so far have been black and James Bond is abusing women. Uh, so. Well, what is the location here? I think we're in Portugal. Did we not establish this? I think I was reading this uh, before. Because, uh, I mean, the the unique, exotic location of Portugal. <laughs> Possibly? The, the unique uh, wardrobe of frills on the shirts that we will never see again. Yes. Now, so I'm going to put this out here. <laughs> this is the first Bond movie where Bond starts to look a bit dumb at times <laughs> and dated. Like, everything is classy up until this point. I, I thought you were about to say this is the first Bond movie where he starts to look a little bit gay. Because... <laughs> <laughs> What are with the frills? Do the ladies like the frills? What are with the frills? Seriously, like I thought that was a seventies thing. Like I picture like you know John Travolta Saturday Night Fever or something. This always bothered me too. Like that there are beds on balconies. Like, is there not a larger balcony across the way where somebody was just watching them have sex all night? Well, it was the nineteen sixties. I mean, the swinging sixties. There were probably a group of people joining in. <sighs> That is... And what the, is with that dressing gown? <laughs> I know, he's wearing, he's wearing what Diana Rigg was just wearing, like, five minutes ago, with her cleavage hanging out. <laughs> this is the cross-dressing Bond movie. We're going to see the man in a skirt in about an hour. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, this is James Bond, and he's wearing a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. He is not 29. He looks so much older. <laughs> uh, the 60s really took its toll on a lot of people. Here's another one that really ugly suits. Like, <laughs> does he have one good piece of wardrobe in this movie? And look at Mr. Checkered Jacket here. Like, looks like a newspaper reporter from 1975. And he's standing there with a, like a, a gun behind a newspaper. He's in a lobby. Who's not going to see that? <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's got a gun! 
No, he doesn't. He's the same just... people who didn't. The same people who didn't see a man with a frilly shirt and a woman with a lot of cleavage having sex on a balcony five minutes earlier. You know, in like thirty years' time, when people look at the fashions of like the two thousand and tens, are we going to be like, oh my god, look at the hipster yeah. beards? Do women like that? Like. Back in the 60s, did women just go, like, crazy over frilly shirts and dressing gowns and beige suits? I know. I was thinking the same thing the other day. (laughs) See, look, there's some white evil people there, too. (laughs) Ooh, he's put the roof on, those evil bastards. You don't want anybody seeing you holding a knife to them. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's coming. He's Australian. He should be saying that. That's not a knife. <laughs> Is that some weird Australian reference? Crocodile Dundee. Hello. Oh, okay. I Come on, Colin. <laughs> Is that the only Australian thing that Americans and Canadians know? <laughs> just, like, just like you came to Canada, you're like, "Where's Dudley Do Right? Come on, you made like six. You made like six Dudley Do Right references the two days you were here. Yeah, I couldn't believe that Brendan Fraser wasn't there to greet me at the airport. <laughs> I still have a Canadian career now. and unemployed. <laughs> Tom Cruise may have taken my role in the Mummy, but I'm still willing to work. Poor I just Fraser. was watching. I don't, we're we're really off it already. But <laughs> have you ever seen Airheads with Brendan Fraser and Adam oh, Sandler? Years and like years ago. <laughs> it's, it's it's like these, one of these considered bad movies that I just love growing up. And my wife tried to watch it. She usually likes like dumb Adam Sandler type movies. Nothing and wrong with like, dumb Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> There's like this one part in it where uh, Steve Buscemi is trying to teach Adam Sandler how to be tough, and he's no joke. Over against the wall, there. Thank you. Seriously, move it. And then he starts getting really evil. He's like, "I'm gonna stab you in the head with my dick, and it, blood's gonna spill out, and there's nothing you can do about it because I'm a madman." <laughs> oh God. I was, what was on TV last air. night? Mr. Deeds. I haven't seen that in years. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Deeds. I love this movie. The guy with the weird foot fetish in that. Coming soon, Adam Sandler Oz. It, you can tell it's my favorite Bond movie of all time. I'm <laughs> referencing Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler. We were so on topic, you'd die another day. Yet we're into this and we're talking about 90s actors again. <laughs> How would Brendan Fraser go as playing James Bond? Uh, he was rumored for every other part, like late nineties, early two thousand. I remember when they were saying, "Oh, he's gonna be the next Superman." I like Brendan Fraser. I do too. I, I think outside of you know, George of the Jungle, I don't really have any problems. Crash, Crash, yeah, The Mummy, of course, yeah, Encino Man, one of my favorite movies oh, as a kid. That in years. Airheads, Looney Tunes, back in action with Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Bedazzled? Yeah, I love Bedazzled. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Fuck, I love Come that movie. Soon to the Oz Network, Bedazzled. <laughs> We're seriously talking about starting this like side project. We're doing Bedazzled yeah. as one of our first. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, completely agree. Anyway, see here you go, Draco. Draco looks very classy, but that big poofy red flower. So okay. He's basically telling Bond, get with my daughter, right? Yeah. How how does he know James Bond? Does this ever establish, or have I just not picked up on this? Well, I mean, he's... Uh, well, M obviously knows him. He's he's kind of 
one of these guys that MI6 is after. You know, he's a crime boss. Right, okay. So course. they'd be familiar with him. He'd be familiar with them. Um, that's why I like that scene with him and M at the end. I just like, like, Draco is a character in the book. It's basically everything you see here, but there's just not as much personality to him. I think with this actor, I think he brings more personality to Draco than any of the other Bond sidekicks that we see outside of maybe Quarrel in the 60s. Because basically this movie is kind of MI6, or at least Bond working with the bad guys in some way, isn't it? To get yeah. to other bad guys. Yeah, I mean, the entire climax, MI6 has no part of it. He's like, I'm going to team up with this mobster here, and we're going to go storm another terrorist palace. And, I mean, basically, like, I guess we'll talk about this as we go along, but, I mean, the plot that Blofeld has in this entire film is, what, essentially to become some French person and then also to not have a criminal record. Otherwise, he will destroy the world, agriculture or whatever it is. Like, you'd think if you've got that much power, you're going to wield some other sort of demands, right? Like, that's a pretty piss-poor way to demand stuff, like, at the end of the day. a million dollars or something? I don't want a criminal record, and I want to be a king in France! Otherwise, I'll kill everyone! I always do a... A reason why this guy can pull off... Who else is going to deliver a line, what she needs is a man to dominate her? (laughs) And actually have you be like, yeah! Go for it, yeah. It's kind of creepy. Dominate that woman. Are you going to allow cat? Like, is this going to be you in like twenty years? You're going to go to some girl. <laughs> I want you to dominate my son. <laughs> <laughs> daddy, please let me have a man who will dominate me. I want to use the word daddy in a different context. It it really is like. This scene, I think this whole context of this would be dated, but you also just have to look at what it's really talking about. I mean, what this movie couldn't tell was a lot of the stuff with Tracy, where she really was just kind of nuts and suicidal and screwing everything up. And when he says, you know, she needs a man to dominate her, and at the end of the movie, it's like, you need to obey your husband and stuff like that. It's not that he's, like, sexist or chauvinistic. He just knows that his daughter literally is certifiably nuts. And if she doesn't have somebody kind of watching out for her, like, it... If, if you know the backstory and even think about what the scene's about and you take out how dated some of the lines are, it actually makes total sense what he's saying. Well, the thing that I know we talked a little bit about, I guess, when it came to Casino Royale is that obviously that was the first book and kind of as you sort of mentioned how James Bond becomes who he is is because what he loses... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thank you. And then obviously eventually loses Tracy... Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that kind of defines him. Do you think oh. this would have worked? How much do you think this would have worked more so had Casino Royale actually come out before this? In terms of the oh, movies. I think it would have made a huge, <laughs> yeah, it would have made a huge difference. Uh, I, I think it also would have worked. As I said before, I don't think Connery can pull off dramatically what Lazenby pulled off in this movie, even though I think Connery is a better actor overall. Um, but it also suffered from, well, you're introducing a new guy to play a character that you haven't seen before. Had you seen Connery do Casino Royale, even if it was a toned-down version, and then you introduce Lazenby, you'd be able to connect those two, and it would make sense why, you know, Vesper dying is so important. Um, it almost should have been the last Bond novel, but they did do, uh, I think, two more after this, and... You Only Live Twice, the book, I think, is the one that I'm most disappointed with. And that's where I hope they really do go if they continue on after Spectre. Um, Kind of 
imitating this story because there's a really great revenge storyline we never got to see too. So I think there's still some stuff out there in the James Bond story. I, I always saw that like James Bond was Casino Royale on a Majesty's Secret Service and you only live twice. And if you read those three books, you get who he is as a character. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's something, yeah, we never see him. I mean, you kind of see slight revenge you know, where's Blofer? But, I mean, it just doesn't work, really, yeah, does it? five minutes, yeah. Are those lights always there above the red padded door? <laughs> no, I see, that's one of the things. Like, it may have been there, but we don't really ever see it from that angle. I think that's cool. Now, this, is, this, this isn't this is the... Is this a throwback where we see all the little gadgets and the... Yeah, yeah, the under, and the underneath the mango tree playing. Oh, yes. Which I kind of like. Oh, I think it's great. I just love how it's he has one of the few. You go. Where he has what? I was gonna say I love how he just has him sitting around, but yeah. I love how he has a suitcase there ready to go. Like, how long has that been sitting <laughs> there? It's like for the day that I quit. <laughs> well, the amount of times in modern James Bond he gets, you know, everything removed. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm relieving you of your double O status. Again, M. You know, in like a day, you're gonna have me back. They just have a guy who's constantly... His job is every three days he has to empty James Bond's desk into, like, a little box. <laughs> There's your Netflix series. Like, Johnson! <laughs> empty his desk again. Ugh. That's Robinson's task now. <laughs> Whatever happened to Robinson? Where is he? Hey, can I just say, as, as much as this movie is full of... First of all, that suit's pretty good. So I guess he has some good wardrobe in this movie, but... As much as a lot of the dating starts here with, like, the fashion and decor and everything, wood paneling actually works on M's walls, and I don't think wood paneling works in any other scenario. Good call. Good call. Now, do you think, like, is this in the book that he's relieved and M's shitty with him, or is this just done because he's George Lazenby and not Sean Connery? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember. If it was part of the book, it's pretty minor. I'm pretty sure the book actually starts, you know, with Bond sort of on the case. It's not like there's any reason for him going here. This, is, this I think, just gives M something to do more than anything else. Oh, there's a kiss. Oh. So does the flirtation with them... I know it's never going to work as good as it did with Connery, but do you think it works better than with Moore? Because I think we all kind of agreed that Moore and Lois Maxwell, they had like a great rapport together, but you never really got the flirtation part of them. It just, it never seemed like they really wanted to jump each other. Yeah, they just kind of seemed like they were friends or just like colleagues or brother and sister. <laughs> like, I don't know. They just, a yeah. Couple of, a couple of 80-year-olds who don't tweet yeah, like, and just like to throw out a few innuendos to each other. They want to put on their slippers and have a nice warm tea and, <laughs> and watch like, um, I don't know, Magnum P.I. or whatever old people watch. But like, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, you can, you can imagine, hello to all our ILO, Viv. Um, oh, look, look at the dressage going on in the background, <laughs> off the podium. Dressage, yes, the most exciting sport in the world. But like, yeah, like you could imagine Lazenby, like, clearing the desk off right there and Connery, you know, getting a bit frisky and, I mean, bloody Daniel Craig would have already done it by now, but, like, yeah, yeah. I'd, Roger Moore would be like, I dare say let's go to the opera together tonight, Miss Moneypenny, and not, like, <laughs> I'm going to take you back and rip your clothes off. Uh, uh, going back to dress off, 
I don't know if you've seen it yet. There's a new TV show that our number one celebrity listener, Mini Driver, uh, is actually on called Speechless. Have you heard of or seen the show? If you're about to tell me there's a TV show based around dressage. <laughs> no, it's 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 a show where she plays the mother of like um, uh, this disabled boy and everything. And it's kind of just like white trash family or whatever. But there's a scene in the most recent episode where she's trying to fake, you know... Uh, fake doing dressage but she doesn't know what it is and her husband quickly googles it and says it's like dancing for horses so she actually just starts dance trying to dance with the horse like standing on the ground and then you see these horses go to the background she's like oh that's dressage i get it now it's, it's a great scene just for for listeners of our other podcast off the podium connected to james bond there download via itunes and the internet one of our 1,000 or 40,000 listeners, depending on (laughs) (laughs) six day-to-day. Yeah, I think this is where we were talking about in the, like you asked before, where is this set? I think this is, we were legitimately trying to work out where this is set. I think they are still in Portugal. Because I think we said, oh, no, they're in Spain because it's bullfighting. But I think, I mean, Portugal's right next door to Spain, so I'm sure they bullfight in Portugal. (laughs) They probably do all over the place. Hello to all our Portuguese listeners. Oh, look at that tie. I swear that James Bond just gets laid because of his ties. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) This is another thing. Like, Tracy is a great character in the book, but Diana Rigg gives her a lot more life, even in this movie. Like, the banter here. And maybe it is because they didn't get along in real life, but... I think these scenes are even better where they're not getting along. I think these are even better than when they are, like, supposed to be in love with each other later on. Just looking at Diana Riggs' filmography, and, like, I know you mentioned Game... I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones in my life, people. I'm the only person in the planet who's never watched it. And I did not know she was actually in Game of Thrones. So, there you go. Yeah. You wouldn't recognize her because, well, she looks about 80 now, which I guess she is. How old is she? 78, apparently. Okay, well, great. She's going to hate us forever because I just said a 78-year-old looks 80. <laughs> That's why you never can tell, you, tell what a woman's age is supposed to be. Unless they're Roger Moore, and then you can say that they look they are. <laughs> I believe you're being quite inappropriate there, Ben. Sorry, Roger. Have <laughs> <laughs> we ever got Roger Moore on this show? I just would have to be the whole interview, like... Tell me, Roger, what was it like playing James Bond? (laughs) (laughs) And then every time he answers a question, it's just quite illuminating. (laughs) It was a pleasurable experience, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can't wait till we actually do a Roger Moore commentary. Oh, that's gonna. You know, anybody wants to know why we keep dropping impressions? It's because the audience loves it, and we're just. Keeping the download numbers up. (laughs) Remember to download us, our dear listeners. It's quite (laughs) illuminating, as Colin just said. (laughs) Download? Download? What do you mean, download? That's Daniel Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Thought you forgot to download us, eh? Do we have... uh, I know we... I think we covered this in a recent episode, that there is that one line that can get you into that accent and it's usually an exaggerated one like oh you know, the welsh the... one i'm the only gay in the village is that it is there <laughs> is there a lazenby one can we come up with a lazenby one for that 
<laughs> this never happened to the other. I don't know. <laughs> we have. Oh, all here's the montage. The time in the world. Uh, Cookie Monsters solos coming up. We have all <laughs> the time in the world. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I've never thought it really, of that. <laughs> it really is a beautiful song, but... Healthy food tastes so good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this isn't the most famous one. I just know there's this old commercial. I think it was a butter or a margarine commercial. And it was playing like Louis Armstrong. It was like uh, margarine trying to follow something on like the the, the conveyor belt, I guess, uh, uh, checkout counter. And it's just like... Uh, here is the best part. You got a head start. <laughs> That's what I always remember Louis Armstrong from. Well, sadly, Louis did die. This is the last thing he'd recorded. <laughs> <laughs> In loving memory of Cookie Monster. <laughs> I never put that together. Cookie Monster. Is... <laughs> We've got all the time. <laughs> In the world. Jay's for Jay's Bond. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, do we like the montage? <laughs> um, I don't dislike it. I I think the song, even though it doesn't really sound like a Bond song, I think it is a great song. Hmm. And I I mean, it's it's just showing locations. It's a quick thing. It's not what you expect out of a Bond movie. It's another one of those moments where I think Lazenby does work. Well, at least we know they're falling in love, unlike Casino Royale. Oh, they're in hospital for three months. Oh, don't even get started there. <laughs> a four-second montage just sold you on a love story that two hours couldn't do in Casino Where Royale. Where was our you know, Big Bird montage in Casino Royale? <laughs> Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Elmo. Elmo says they're in love. <laughs> Can we do can, who? Which one of us is actually brave enough to do Elmo doing "You Know My Name" right now? <laughs> Elmo knows my name. I can't do Elmo. I, I can do Roger Moore, not Elmo. <laughs> Sesame Street does Bond now. I'm just so happy it's taken till episode forty-eight to for us to mention the name Snuffleupagus. <laughs> I'm still trying to get into an Elmo here. I don't know how to do an Elmo. <laughs> we're, we're hanging on to this right now. <laughs> don't wake your son up. <laughs> At least he'll wake up to loving characters of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to I'm going to uh tell everybody how much this love story works in this movie. With Bond, you don't care like he he can just sleep with anybody and it doesn't bother you. It always bothered me even the first time I saw this movie. There was something about the and I didn't know how the movie was going to end or anything, but there was something about like the the Bond Tracy relationship when when he pulls out the Play Playboy magazine here or whatever or Penthouse whatever it is. I'm like, "Well, that's just disrespectful. He's got a girl out in the car waiting for it. It just bothered me." <laughs> 
<laughs> so the whole fact that he like has sex with other women later on doesn't that bother actually you. Bothers, still to this day, that bothers me too. It kind of like, does anybody me too. Treat- like it, it's strange. Like I agree with you. It's like yeah, he's James Bond. Like who gives a shit if he sleeps around? I mean, God, the guy's been spreading chlamydia since Sean Connery. But like in this movie, it, like it's seriously, there's something about it, isn't there? Like, hang on a minute, he has a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard, Bond. Now this is the is this the tracking device the massive thing that oh yeah the that's it and what was safe it safe cracker which one is it and he's got like that tiny little thing later on you only live twice yeah yeah like but granted this one is connected to a photocopier I guess well I mean of course in two years time of course you know technology gets bigger not smaller <laughs> I love we get the montage we have the loving montage of James Bond and Tracy falling in love now we get the James Bond is impatient montage. James Bond looks at porn while he waits for safety. <laughs> oh, I imagine if they just like cut to James Bond like masturbating. <laughs> this is our first evidence that Bond is really a porn fiend. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually. We're talking about old people before. Like Tracy's wearing very old person attire, but I guess old people wear what they wore back in like the 60s because yeah exactly so does that mean in like 2050 grannies are going to be wearing like you know mini skirts and like boots well, it's uh, it's funny because you keep mentioning stuff that i've actually been like seriously contemplating lately <laughs> um i think there was like somebody was like 50 or 55 years old and i'm looking at that and i'm like well they don't look like a 55 year old where's like the curly gray hair and i'm like well that's what Fifty-five-year-olds look like who were fifty-five coming out of like the forties when that was the style, and I guess that is just what people look like. Well, that's that's like honestly, like I used to always say, is Bond is just really getting a good look at that centerfold. Um, it's like you know, you go to a nursing home right now, and they're listening to <laughs> to Cookie Monster. All the time. Like they're listening to old music. <laughs> so, like again, in two thousand and fifty, like old Granny's going to be listening to Eminem and like Selena Gomez, and, Sam Smith. Yes, Sam Smith. <laughs> oh, Doris, remember this one? <laughs> I don't think they'll have the name Doris. On. That's the other thing is that names are going to change. Like. We always associate, like, like who's, what's an old person? I don't know, Esther, Doris, Mildred. But no, like, in 50 years, their names are going to be, like, Kate and <laughs> Sally. <laughs> Just regular names. And all these weird names, like Apple and Tomato and <laughs> North. <laughs> I mean, how, does this, how does this happen in 2017? He just pulls out his iPhone and... <laughs> Downloads an app. Yeah, exactly. Looking up like got up. you porn on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's Hillary Bray. Hilly, Hilly, as his friend call him. I always, I was when we were, I was prepping for this one. I'm thinking like, oh, this is a I speak English, but that's not to the next film. Like, damn it, I speak English <laughs> <laughs> in Grover's voice. I'm not Grover, Cookie yeah. Monster. <laughs> Wrong one. I speak English. <laughs> Isn't that how we got onto the Hulk? We were talking about like the cookie yeah. monster. <laughs> Still waiting for your Elmo impersonation. I don't know what to do. What does Elmo even sound like? He's kind of like great Kermit the Frog. He's almost like Yoda, isn't he? Like he says like me. No, he's not Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Who is this guy? What's your role in my I'm the guy who stands there and puts up equipment. 
Sean, remember? <laughs> that's <laughs> it? Oh, that's ever? it? How did I forget? This wanker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here he just drops the point. There's like some five-year-old kid who's going to pick this up while he's waiting for his mom at her appointment and oh, he's sitting in the lobby. We nearly got to see the nipples there too. Damn it. <laughs> Don't you miss a good old elevator that had like five things to close before you could actually go up or down yeah. in it? <laughs> Exterior door, middle door, interior door. <laughs> how would that work? Is it is it um the first Mission Impossible where Emilio Estevez gets like crushed by the elevator? Like how would that work in there? Yeah. I remember watching that first Mission Impossible thing. There's Gordon Bombay, <laughs> and then he dies. and he's not even. It's funny because my nephews just watched that. They've seen all the more recent Mission Impossibles, and I always told them like you'll have to wait till you're a little bit older to understand the first Mission Impossible, but they saw it, and they're like, yeah, that guy Jack isn't in any of the other movies. I'm like, no, but that's like the coach from the Mighty Ducks. They're like, that's Emilio Estevez? <laughs> like, they knew his name and everything. I've actually only ever seen the first two Mission Impossibles, and I wasn't impressed, so that's why I've never really gone out of my way to oh, see the newer ones. The, the, the third, fourth, and fifth are like a whole other level. They're so good. I have seen that Jack Ryan one you were talking about. I think I saw that in the movies, actually. That wasn't too bad. Chris Pine, yeah. He's no Harrison Ford or Alec Baldwin. Well, Alec Baldwin's now Donald Trump, isn't he? <laughs> Is he? Oh, on Saturday Night Live. They're I just hilarious. know him as the host of the match game. <laughs> I just know him as, um, what's his name from 30 Rock? There's a show I've never seen. Oh, you've got to Add watch to 30 the- Rock. Yeah. Add it to the list. Do you think they is this kind of like um, Doctor No, where they overuse the James Bond theme? Do they overuse the Cookie Monster all the time in the world? No, I think it, it appears mostly in these scenes, and I think at the beginning of when he arrives at Peace Gloria. But then I think it's kind of lay off for a while. I can name those flags right there. You got Britain, Sri Lanka, Pakistan. Oh yeah, I think that's the old South African Learn- flag. Fun with flags with Ben Waterworth. <laughs> Still need to go back over and see what that extra flag was in Die Another Day. <laughs> yeah. There's, oh, that's the world is not enough uh, motto there, isn't it? Yeah. Orbis non sufficit. There's your Denise Richards reference. Uh, <laughs> I've been James! Waiting for it. Oh, look, it's Hilly. <laughs> Hilly! Now, you, have to, you have to wonder... When he plays Hillary Bray later on, like, was that just a rib on this guy? Because this guy doesn't come across as, like, gay or anything. So he's out there playing him, and he's trying to... He's even imitating the voice, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to turn him into a bit of a cross-dresser. Let's make him transgender. Let's make him homosexual. (laughs) Was he just taking shots at this guy later on? That's just his inner self. That's finally Bond getting to play. Let's, like, again, it's a Skyfall (laughs) reference. Who says it's my first time? Like, he's just, you know... (laughs) That's what he does on a Saturday night. (laughs) Every time he's playing somebody else, they're always saying, like, yeah, uh, it's like, we just want you to play this one straight. It's like, oh, couldn't I just once be gay? Come on. (laughs) This is what they talk about with, like, James Bond, like, you know, will we have a black James Bond? Will we have a woman James Bond? When will we have a gay James Bond? Bond. I can say blonde. Come on, gay James Bond. (laughs) It's 2017. That would work. My name is Cock Galore. <laughs> that works. Oh, we didn't go there. Now, 
I, I do remember hearing, I think it was on one of the commentaries or something, this guy who plays Hillary Bray, years earlier, they had considered him to play Bond. Really? So then when yeah. we have George Lazenby in this role right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lazenby has a very he bum chin. He finally gets voice. Who does? Lazenby? He's got a very bum <laughs> chin. Like, like a bum. Why Boy, Brown had to go? Why did Brown have Brown. to go? <laughs> this is isn't this the whole? This is the Olympic team, isn't it? The Swiss or the is it the Swiss Olympic team we talked about in this? Like, oh, there's an Olympic logo on that guy's jacket. I remember in the episode we talked about this. Like, did they infiltrate? It was the entire Swiss um, Olympic team evil. <laughs> now, do they have to get? Oh, the, um, the Do they have to get the? permission from the Olympic Committee to use the rings because that's like the most protected logo in the world so Bunt. she's fantastic in this too <laughs> have you had a good journey no quite intolerable yeah. he's just a big complainer if you think about it like What's with the jacket that's like got the sleeves that aren't sleeves and yeah. it's like a cape? <laughs> He's Batman. I'm Batman. Still better than the stuff he was wearing with the frills. <laughs> oh, there's Mr. Suspicious Campbell. <laughs> Did you ever think James Bond would be under a blanket with Irma Bunt? <laughs> Something I often used to think about before I ever saw this movie. <laughs> when will James Bond ever be under... Like, again, this movie, he's been in a dressing gown, he's worn frills, and now he's under a blanket with an old lady. How old was she? Can you look this up? She was... Based on what we know from the 60s at this point, she was probably 37. <laughs> She's probably, like, 18. <laughs> That's why he doesn't get under the covers. Like she wasn't technically legal in all countries. I'll Paula Stepart. Um, mm-hmm. So she was born in 1917, 1969. So that would make her 52. She's only 52 years old. Wow. <laughs> she began her career at 15, playing Joan of Arc. Wow. And this was her last ever film role. Sad. Jeez. Was she playing the Queen's Mother by 25? <laughs> so when was, okay, when was this? So she died in December 1969. So when was this film released? She, 18th December, of December. 69. So wow, shit. She died like three days after this film was released. Wow. wow. It killed her. <laughs> exactly. That's I look so old. How are they supposed to get good publicity? Like, no wonder nobody liked this movie for 20 years. They couldn't get good publicity without actors. So how did she die? Doesn't say. Was it from the air sickness? Oh, cause of death. Heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that how all Germans die because they're so angry? I want to go to the shop. Aren't I? It was probably brought on by the inability to eat meat. <laughs> I love, like, can I just point this out? Germans to me aren't like the French. Like, I love the Germans. I love Germany. It's like one of my favourite countries in the world. I want to go there. I want to speak German. But, like, I would... I've, you, do you ever meet a happy German? Because even a happy German sounds angry. 
I am very happy for the birth of my child. So I, I, I told my wife before, I'm like, the German accent, everything will sound angry. The Russian accent, everything sounds really calm and really evil. <laughs> I love the Russian accent. I don't know if like, I'm coming completely <laughs> racist towards Germans, but like, I'm honestly, I love Germany. I love it. Love you guys to bits. Germany, if you're listening, whole country, hello. Guten Tag. If you're French, fuck well, off. After what they did to France, I know which side you're taking. <laughs> don't bring up the French. <laughs> <laughs> it's strictly Do you like private. Me bobsled? <laughs> She's probably been really she nice right there. She's probably just like, so don't go there. It's strictly yeah. private. She's like, it's strictly private. <laughs> Anybody ever told you you're a beautiful man? <laughs> Can we please go back to when they get into this helicopter and have Irma Butt say, get to the chopper? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to land and say, get out of the chopper. Put the chopper down now. <laughs> Well, that's why I cut it into our thing where where uh, she's like, uh, "Not grab ice, we'll kill the dinosaurs." The ice age. <laughs> My new life wish is for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Roger Moore to do a buddy cop film <laughs> at their current ages. <laughs> Roger, get to the chopper. I get to the chopper, dear Arnold, my friends. Take your walker and go back to the carpet. <laughs> so I, I, he's the new host of The Celebrity Apprentice, and I've watched the last two episodes. And I don't know how many times throughout the show he'll say something, and I'll just quote something from Kindergarten Cop. Doesn't he say, Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> Doesn't he say you're terminated instead of um, you're fired? Yeah. He also did in one episode say, get to the chopper. <laughs> there is actually a YouTube video where it's like, you know, the fans have obviously commented on his Facebook page, like, you know, can you quote these? And he just he just does a video where he quotes all these famous things. <laughs> and, like, my favorite is still Jingle All The Way. Put the cookie down! Now! <laughs> Mine is, um... And it's a whole scene, Kindergarten Cop, where he picks up the kid who's eating all the lunches. Like, Did you eat all these lunches? Why? Stop it! <laughs> or everything from Batman and Robin. <laughs> a please is coming. Good. I hate it when people talk during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, why has Arnold never played James Bond? My name is Bond! James Bond! <laughs> Vodka Martini. Chicken, not stirred! You know, the funniest line in Kindergarten Cop may very well be one that nobody ever notices where he's like, you should be the one reading stories about bears who go shopping. <laughs> I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to read a book about bears that go shopping. <laughs> the bear went to the woods, called the lock of the three bears. <laughs> she tried the first and the mommy bear hot. went to the produce department and the daddy bear to the poultry section. <laughs> I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to read Three Little Pigs. I'll have an above and I'll blow your house down. <laughs> so I want, to I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to just say, but you can call me Hilly. <laughs> How was your trip? Not too good. I'm not a fan of the travel. 
你怎么还不自己拿着飞喽？哦<笑><笑>、uh, ，Sorry Sorry， 我刚刚那边对，这哪儿？我还不搞以为。So I need to die another day. <laughs> What a view! Do I kill? <laughs> I'm really gonna have to pee before this movie's over. I don't know how we're gonna edit it. <laughs> There we go. There we go. See, you listen to us, and we comes out. We've succeeded again. <laughs> Thank you, Viv Gilchrist. <laughs> It's even worse when you are one of us. Imagine our bladders. <laughs> We're gonna put a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode. Now we recommend that you go to the toilet or at least, you know, attach a, a hose or something. <laughs> oh, so we're back to Colin's favorite James Bond film, and <laughs> Secret Service. I still can't believe we stayed on topic basically for all of Die Another Fucking Day. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Fran Dresser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Uh. No. <laughs> oh. Hey, what is with this ugly suitcase there? It is the 60s. <laughs> That's probably top of the line suitcase in 1969. <laughs> and there's those very dangerous spikes on the wall that somebody probably has gotten killed on before. <laughs> Oh God! Here he is, and he's frilly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frills and a skirt. Come on! Hey, it's a kilt. Is it a kilt? I think so. It's got the um, the sprogan or whatever it's called on the front of it. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's called a sprogan, or um, oh, that's what's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's sprogan all over himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, seriously, can we come up with an edit point? I'm going to go sprogging. <laughs> It's absolutely making me sprogging all over myself. Okay, hang on a second. Uh... Oh, hold on. You know what? It'll be effortless for other people. We're just going to go three, two, one, pause, but you keep it playing and we'll edit it out. All right, yes, okay? for people who are listening at home, just keep listening, just ignore us. Colin's going to go sprogging. So, <laughs> just, um... <laughs> Just everybody continue as is normal while we pretend this never happened. Cookies! It's uh, amazing, wasn't it? Uh... <laughs> I actually did not leave the couch. It's too late now. <laughs> he just had to clean up on it. He just had to go get a sponge, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I sprogged all over my seat here. 2017 marks the first time we've ever mentioned Snufflepagus, and we've had to pause <laughs> a commentary for Colin to have to relieve himself again, living up to the peeing notion. The podcast yeah. that makes you pee. <laughs> But again, if you're listening at home, you would not have any idea what just happened. <laughs> I know that, like, I, like in all seriousness, it, if it's not called a sprogan, it's called something. Like, <laughs> we a sporan, not a sprogan, a sporan. There we go. <laughs> so what is a sprogan? I don't want to know. I don't want to Google it. I'll be afraid what comes up. <laughs> I know that because, like, I, I've got Scottish heritage, and I'm getting, you know, well, I mean. If I ever get married, Natalie Portman, hello, um, and I'm going to wear a kilt. So I knew that from looking it up and shit. 
So clearly, I remembered it well. <laughs> right, let's Google Sprogget. Is a Sprogget is slang for a child? Um, oh, Urban Dictionary Sprogian. What is it? Don't look at it. To be sick or to heave generally after consuming large amounts of alcohol or illegal substances. <laughs> I looked up Sprogian, and it comes up with. The Clergahidic Berlic Gaelic English Dictionary. Anyway, uh, the Angels of Death. (laughs) Look at her eat that chicken. Now, what are they all eating? Can we identify? There's corn there. This is something that's also bothered me about the movie. I know they have food allergies. They're testing it. But they're serving a meal of just corn to one girl. And the banana reference, which is that now or is that later? (laughs) I think that was in this one. Oh, there's Princess Leia. Right there. On oh, the Asian girl eating rice. I think I'm behind now. <laughs> it would be. No, I'm, I got her eating rice right now. Oh, okay, I'm ahead, am I? Oh, yeah. fuck, we're not doing this again. Whatever. <laughs> Just pause it for like three seconds and i'll catch up no i i think you're ahead i honestly think i'm, I'm just gonna pretend. okay well what are you seeing right now he's lighting candles um okay well i'll tell you when he appears on screen they're panning they're out zooming out now he's there mm-hmm. mm. i'm like seven seconds behind you <laughs> Okay. Pause. One. No, I'm just. Two, I'm just going to fast forward three, a little bit. You don't four. pause. Right. Well, I've already paused. Ah, yeah, you screwed up. Oh, welcome back to Double Seven. Okay, I'm seeing him. He's staring at the weird short-haired woman with a little gold cup. Ruby. Ruby. She's really not attractive. Not that there's anything but wrong with that. She's probably the... got inner beauty, Ben. <laughs> We had this debate in the episode, though, about whether you lean towards her being annoying or really funny. And I know when I first saw this movie, I'm like, she's so annoying. And now I watch, I'm like, Ruby's hilarious. <laughs> Going under the table for a bit of a sprogging. Sprogging of her own. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That just reminds uh, me of this the, scene like, from Nip Tuck, which I don't know if it's appropriate for me to talk about in 007. <laughs> anyway, I won't talk it about it. It has to do with something inside It has to do thigh. with putting hands underneath parts under tables and then, yeah. <laughs> I love that of all the things you've said on this show, that's the thing you're like, I don't know if it's appropriate. It must be really <laughs> bad. Well, it involves, like, putting fingers in certain areas and licking fingers, all right? Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Get the picture, all right? Download Nip Tuck via iTunes. <laughs> I don't know if it's on it. Whatever. Here's the, here's the ice layer. The layer. This is Mr. Freeze's layer here. <laughs> cool it. Chill. <laughs> I, that that like jacket cape thing is really pissing me off because now he is like in Batman. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is the Batcave. And there's the purple decontamination room. <laughs> what is the point of that thing? It's like wear it properly. Like is it a coat? Like is it a cape? Is it <laughs> what is it? It really does bother me. What the f- like? What are you doing, James? Hilly. 
Not the frills, it's the cape that bothers you. Like, if you were right now flicking channels, and you were with someone who had no idea what this movie was, and you were to say to them, oh, this is a James Bond movie, you know James Bond's sophisticated style, you know, all this sort of crap, you're looking at what he's wearing right now, that's not James Bond. That's Jimmy McLaughlin. Like, the man, come on, he's got a sprogging on. <laughs> Sean Connery should be wearing that, shouldn't he? <laughs> Oh, he's Mr. Blofeld. Uh, here we go. Telly Savalas is Blofeld. It's Christopher... It's Christoph Waltz. I was about to call well, here, Here's Walken. a question. <laughs> I mean... Walken. <laughs> yeah, Waltz and Walken. They're pretty much two of the same. <laughs> yeah. um, of all the Blofelds... I guess just rank the Blofelds. Rank so the we won't count for your eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's play Rank the Blofelds. Noah right now is going, damn it, I wanted to be on that episode. <laughs> um, well, yeah, what's his name from uh, uh, You Only Live Twice? Um, you, you, like, Donald Pleasant. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> he's my number one. Although, I, I mean, I like Chris, but I don't know if you can put Christoph Waltz up. I don't know, because it's such a different... Um, Betrayal and I don't well, know. Well, it's basically yeah. Let's let's just be honest. We know that everybody's favorite's probably Donald Pleasance. We know that everybody's least favorite's going to be Charles Gray. <laughs> so it's between Telly Savalas here and Christoph Waltz. So which one do you prefer of those two? Ah, uh, Christoph Waltz. Because I... they're they're probably playing the they're probably playing the most similar characters mm. here. Um, I like Christoph Waltz just because I mean, I mean we all knew he was going to be Blofeld. It wasn't a surprise when it's like, oh my god, he's Blofeld. Shit. Um, but it's, mm. I, I like kind of just the lead up to it all and seeing him, I guess, pre Blofeld sort of, and t- you know, pre scar on his face. Um, he's still not bald yet, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know, like there's something here, like, I mean, Telly's good, don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's bald, but he doesn't have the scar on his face. So it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been a dead giveaway that he was Blofeld at this point. <laughs> My name is Count de Blowshops. No, it's not. It's Blofeld. I see the scar. Oh, I knew I should have covered that thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's like they need to read it. Spectre when he comes out with the scar. Doctor Evil. <laughs> Where's Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, don't. I'm gonna say one thing in defense of Telly Savalas here. I think Christoph Waltz plays like socially awkward evil. Um, kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg evil in a way. <laughs> Telly Savalas is like really nice, polite guy evil. There's the eight on his leg. Did you just have that? Yes, yes. He needs to shave his legs. I mean, Daniel Craig wouldn't have later. that much leg hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there in his office with his frills on, with his fountain pen. He's really into this gay hilly character, isn't he? Yeah, he's taken everything... <laughs> What's he planning to do with our ruler? <laughs> I was about to say, lift up the kilt and your sprogging and have a measuring contest there, James. <laughs> I wonder how big my penis is this week. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, hang on. I wonder how big my penis is this week. That's George Lazenby. <laughs> Wait, did you say sorry? Sorry? <laughs> sorry? We forgot the Canadian joke. We we didn't mention. Um, I mean, we've mentioned it on the show before, but I mean, Timothy Dalton was what touted to be Bond at this point. I mean, he was only twenty two. How do you think a Timothy yeah. Dalton twenty two year old Bond would have been in on it? Do you think? I know you're not a big fan of the guy. Uh, 
But do you think Timothy Dalton could have pulled this off better than Lazenby? No. Um, again, because we've seen how Dalton does with the love story. <laughs> with any type of um, uh, sexual chemistry, there just is, is none. I know you'll argue that. But uh, Lazenby had that despite not getting along with uh, Diana Rigg, if we're going to believe that. It is interesting, though, that they're, that's not not the only time they've looked at somebody that young because when Daniel Craig was cast, it was basically between him and Henry Cavill, who's now Superman. And Henry Cavill himself has said you know, they were the final two guys and it just came down to they wanted a guy who was a little bit older. They didn't want to go too young and he was like the exact same age, 22. So, I mean, they've considered it on more than one occasion. This isn't like we're going to use James Brolin and then they never thought, well, of course, we know they're never going to go with an American Bond again. I mean, it's still a possibility we could get a very young Bond. I mean, I don't... I, for one, and maybe this is just me, I, I wouldn't be totally down on an American Bond just because if you can get an American actor to pull off an an accent, you know, I mean, there are mm-hmm. plenty of Brit- uh, American actors who can do the British accent. Like, there are so many... Like, I, okay, f- sort of on the flip side of things, I had no idea that uh, Christian Bale was Welsh. Until he won the Oscar, yeah. I had no idea. I thought he was American, and same with um, what's his name? Is it uh, the one who's in Homeland who they reckon is going to be the first redhead Bond? Um, oh, Damien Lewis. Yeah, yeah like, I didn't know happened. he was British until I saw an interview yeah. with him. You know, so and there are. I'm, I mean, you might be able to put some examples of Americans who can do a really. I'm only thinking of Angelina Jolie, but who can do a good British accent, and it wouldn't bother me. I mean, you've got an Australian playing James Bond, and yes, you would argue, well, we're sort of you know, Britain Jr. But, like, you know, our accent on the whole does sound quite different well, to a British accent. For a good 25% of the movie here, I mean, we've mentioned it before, these parts where he's posing as Hilary Bray, it's not Lazenby's Z's voice, it's the actor who played Hilary Bray doing the, the voiceover here. So, yeah. I mean, you're not even hearing Lazenby the whole time. But, I mean, I think with, with James Brolin, the interesting thing is that we've seen the screen test for him and he's doing it with an american accent so would he have eventually adopted a british accent or would they have gone with this an american bond because i've seen old movies where somebody's supposed to be british and they're just speaking their regular american accent so yeah i would definitely if it it was james bond with an american accent of course i'd be against it but i mean if it's an american actor putting on a british a decent british accent i think it would be completely fine yeah and there's tons of Australian, like, around the time Daniel Craig was cast, mm. it seemed like everybody they were mentioning was Australian. It was, oh, it's going to be Hugh Jackman, it's going to be Eric Bana. There wasn't any British actors thrown out there until Daniel Craig's name was out there. It's funny, actually, when I see Australians who I know are Australian do American accents, that kind of irks me to a point. Like, I recently watched um, Eddie the Eagle, the, um, mm. you know, the ski jumper guy, and Hugh Jackman yeah. doing an American... I mean, I know Hugh Jackman's done plenty of movies with American accents, but, I mean, there was just something in that movie that was kind of like, eh, Hugh Jackman, his American accent, I don't know about him in this one, but, you know, you get used to it halfway through the film, but there are some where it just really stands... I mean, there are some Australian actors now. I think Julian Maman has completely lost his Australian accent now, so even when he does interviews, he sounds American, yeah. but, yeah. Another one of the Australians they were mentioning around the Daniel Craig time. Oh, oh it's going to be Julian McMahon. It really was all Australians. <laughs> Big Julian McMahon fan. So this is the whole brainwashing thing. <laughs> Again, yeah. somebody edit this with Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. Get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> she gets up and goes to the helicopter. 
or him just doing the voice of you love chicken chicken's your friend I just want like Jay's but like he could totally take advantage of this like just change the audio and be like you want to sleep with Hilly Bray he has a big penis go to his room I don't he's not having any issues yeah, doing well, it right now and they think he's all they all think he's a homosexual so well I mean okay on that note do it but then turn around and be like kill Blofeld and like all of them gang up and kill him there you go case done to solve the movie. You're welcome, Internet. Why did he put the frills back on, too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better put my frills back on. <laughs> <laughs> this is where he's like, oh, Hilly, you old dog. Did we just miss that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. He's such a cheating bastard. Like, poor, poor Tracy. It does. It actually does bother me still. Like, I know he's doing it for his job. I mean... To be honest, he didn't need to do it with both girls. He probably didn't even need to do it with... Well, well, there's the other question. Did he need to do it with even Ruby? I know he found out about the whole brainwashing thing through that, but he didn't know that's what was going to happen. It's not like Blofeld's like, yeah, around uh, 11.35 p.m. we do something that's part of the treatment. And he's like, well, i got to be there for that. I know I know that we talked about it, I think, in the Living Daylights commentary about how, you know, Timothy Dalton and that sort of era of James Bond was about the AIDS epidemic. Like, we can't have him sleeping with too mm-hmm. many women. But, like, he's just gone and boned Ruby. He's just into, mm-hmm. you know, next one. He's wearing a sproggin and a kilt and frills. What point has he got a condom on him? Like, you know, does he get He's a phone call? wearing it the whole time under the kilt and sproggin. Does he get a phone call six months later? Like, James, uh, Hilly, I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> No, Hilary Bray got the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> There's a spin-off. Hilly Bray raising a kid. I've never had the sex with a paternity- woman in my life. Yeah, like the many paternity suits against Hilary Bray. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm seriously surprised we haven't had that in a Jane. I mean, that's the next twist in a James Bond film, isn't it? Like, I'm your son. Yeah. You know, we've had the half brother. You know, we've we've had all these other things. Well, James Bond does have again, without giving away too many spoilers. If you read through all the books, James Bond does eventually have a child. What we just it? don't learn As that much. If, like, in all honesty. Oh, here he is. Oh, Campbell. Is, yeah, like, this... I want to go to the top. <laughs> I was going to say, in all seriousness, as if James Bond does not have like 50 Ill- illegitimate children out there somewhere. Oh, guaranteed he does. <laughs> this is fucking Campbell. I've seen it advertised. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, is he still alive? Is he on Twitter? What, the real Campbell? Or... Our cast of... <laughs> Hey, our task to find Bernard from Horsefall. Our... That's his name. <laughs> no, he What's died in two thousand. He died in two thousand and thirteen. Screw you, oh. Bernard. Did you fall off a horse? <laughs> I, I mean, that would kind of be very like poignant, wouldn't it? Oh, curling! Stop press. The only time, like, there we go. James Bond is making curling and dressage sexy. <laughs> Here he's wearing his stupid coat. Um, well, now it's a coat. He died in 2013 on the Isle of Skye in Scotland. Oh. He was in gun. Was it a climbing accident? <laughs> I just... I mean, with the name Horsefall, I mean... 
I don't think we, uh, we've got to find one actor who's still alive and on Twitter, for God's sakes. I mean, I'm sure some of these girls are, but, like, if you're on IMDb, look for names like Bread Girl and Rice Girl. Well, we haven't even talked about Australian Girl, <laughs> played by a Is there an Australian girl there? Yeah, um, on, on Wikipedia's On Her Majesty's Secret Service page, you have a whole section, Angels of Death, and they've got all the actresses here, so... Julie Edge is Helen, a Scandinavian girl. Edge was a former Miss Norway who also starred in a number of Hammer film productions. So let's see. Julie Edge died in 2008. Well, I have a feeling. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jenny Hanley as Irish Lays girl. It, but like, ladies and be a Diana Rigger still out there. Oh, here we go. Hang on, hang on. Jenny Hanley, who played Irish girl. She's still alive. Um, she's she's still active, and she's a presenter of ITV Children's Magazine program called Magpie. <laughs> oh. All right, that's a start. We Chef all remember Magpie, right? All right, Jenny Hanley, come on. Now, can we pick her out in the crowd here? I have no idea. She's Irish. That's all I can tell you. She's probably got red hair. Um, no, she doesn't have Twitter. Oh, hang on. Oh, so there's even a bigger thing. How are we going to find... One of these people that's not only alive, but is on Twitter. Well, that's it. Oh, I found here Jenny Hanley, who's an elementary special education teacher. <laughs> She's got 26 followers. I mean, we could always just tweet one of these random ones. I'm sure they'd reply to us. <laughs> no, she's definitely not a bong girl. Um, that's a bit mean, Ben. Um, Anuska Hempel, the Australian girl. Well, she's alive. She's from New Zealand. What? She was a New Zealand actress playing an Australian? That's racist. Uh, <laughs> racist? Not really. I don't know. It's the first word I thought of. Uh, well, how do you spell her name? Uh, A-N-O-U-S-K-A Hempel. H-E-M-P-E-L. Oh, it's the first Anuska that comes up when you do a Google search. And the only tweet from this fake account is Anuska Hempel nude, followed by a link. We're not. We're, we are watching the film, but like curling generally. Um, oh, there's a Nuska right there. I think that was her. Yep. All right, we're trying now. Oh, Joanna Lumley. Uh, I mean, she's actually oh. known. Yeah, we're gonna get a retweet, right? Hang on a minute. No, that she's she's Patsy and absolutely fabulous. Yeah, and one of the the angels of death. So so Patty. From Abfab was a Bond girl. <laughs> well, can you what? call somebody who's in the background a Bond girl? Hang on a minute. Mind blown. <laughs> Shit. She has Twitter. <laughs> what? An old person with Twitter? She only has 48,000 people. Oh, no, but she quit Twitter back in 2016. Damn it. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe she was, was a Bond boycott. girl. Catherine, Kath, Kath, if you're in the ba- like, are these girls Bond girls? I mean, I understand Ruby is a Bond girl, but if they're just in the background, are they a Bond girl? They're a girl in a Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> girl in a Bond movie. All right, I found. If Kath- we can find one of these on Twitter, Catherine, we will ask them. Yeah, yeah. Well, are they? A, that's, we need to ask them. Do you classify yourself as a Bond girl? <laughs> so Catherine Schwell was a Hungarian girl who Bond seduces. Is she the one that Bond slept with? All right. 
She's still alive. Does she have Twitter? This is this is the extent again. <laughs> Colin's favorite film. My favorite Bond movie. And here we are doing this. And let's look at this. The, the background there, the only Bond Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. This is... Next to Christmas in Turkey. What was that what was that uh song that you were obsessed with that you kept talking about in this? Oh, uh do you know Christmas trees are growing or something? <laughs> you played it at the end or something? It comes up again. Yeah, it does come up again. Angela Skula as Ruby. Here we go. Ruby's Ruby's alive. No, oh, Ruby died gone. in 2011. She's, got she's dead. What? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Rest in peace, Ruby. <laughs> um, all the other actresses don't have links on Wikipedia. So Mona Chong as Chinese girl doesn't have a link. Sylvana Henriques as Jamaican girl. Nothing. Danny Sheridan as American girl. Uh, Ingrid Bach There's an American girl as there? German girl. And Helena Renee as Israeli girl. <laughs> The only one who has a link left is Zahira as Zara, an Indian girl. <laughs> Does she have Twitter? Do they have Twitter in India? <laughs> Why wouldn't they have Twitter in India? They don't have it in China. Racist. No, it's not racist. They're not allowed to have it in China. I suppose then. Oh, okay. This I found Zahira Hafiji, who is not... There's a here. She's Canadian. Uh, well, there you go. There's one for you, Colin. Uh, there's a Canadian Bond girl? No, no. Don't get excited. It's a different person. <laughs> okay. That, we've... we've exis- oh, hang on. Well, I suppose we could... You talk about the movie for a second. What's Blofeld doing? He's discovered his... All right. So, Blofeld <laughs> is discussing his plan. Sitting seductively <laughs> in front of Bond because he's heard some rumors about Hilary Bray. Are you taking a sprogan right now? What's that I hear in the background? I'm typing, you dirty boy. Uh, <laughs> Mona Chong. This is a different Mona Chong. Her last tweet. Tonight's voggy post-sunset view over Honolulu. Different Mona Chong. Damn it. So this which is was the, this is where he's revealing the plan, the right? We, which was the... Yeah. What was the movie where we tweeted, like, the key grip or something like that? Oh. Like, was there a crew member we did? Yeah, the last we haven't been successful since um, we got Davidov tweeting us back. Our last uh, that was yeah. the Living Daylights guy. And who do we tweet and die another day? Wasn't it um, uh, General Zhao? Or, Will Young Lee. Yeah. Uh, so I've googled Silvana Henriques, who plays Jamaican girl. And before I've even looked at Twitter, there's actually a YouTube video from 2014, a conversation with Silvana Henriques, actress, James Bond movie. <laughs> Okay, but let's be honest. Half of the people we've looked for have died between 2014 and today. That's true. Yeah, Savannah Henriques. I mean, this is the problem. Like, the ones who... Oh, hello, that's Savannah Henriques, but that's definitely not the James Bond Savannah Henriques. That's, <laughs> that's a different one altogether. Um, Yeah, like, all the ones who are alive don't even know what Twitter is. They don't even know what the computer is. Ah, uh, what's that, a computer? This is going to get really difficult when we get back to Casino Royale 51. <laughs> Oh, here's another one of those violent fights. I found Danny Sheridan, who's not American girl. She's a West Australian socialite. (laughs) Is there a specific look to West Australian socialites that I'm not aware of? Just Bogan and they go for West Coast Eagles. Um, (laughs) I've never been to Western Australia. It's the only state I've never been to. Um, I think we're just going to have to give up and just tweet one of these people with the same name and be like, loved you in James yeah. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the, uh, the he gets locked in a giant 
cog room, right? And he's like, oh, you won't escape from that. Yeah. Well, look at how far that drop is. Oh, hang on a minute. See, this is James Bond bringing back the uh, uh, escapes without gadgets. He does where he rips like the the pockets out of his pants. Have I found? No, this can't be the real. I think it's just coincidental. She's tweeted about George Lazenby. Never mind. Got excited there. Right. Okay. So none of the angels of deaths who are alive have Twitter. I'm just going through the rest of the cast. We know Lazenby doesn't. Diana Rigg doesn't. Telly Savalas, he's dead, isn't he? Probably. Yeah, died in 1994. Seriously, are Lazenby and Diana Rigg the only ones left alive? Um, Except for the Angels of Death, which are literal... This isn't even that old of a booby. Gabrielle Fazzetti. Oh, we know he's dead. He died a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Irma Bartlett. We, we, uh, yeah, we... We, I believe we broke the news on that, didn't we? I think so. Bernard's dead. Lois is dead. Is um, Hilly dead? Desmond's dead. <laughs> Hilly's dead. Um, <laughs> Yuri Barenko as Grunther, Blofeld's brutish chief of security. All right. <laughs> Let's try Yuri Barenko. Um, surely he's, he's, he's apparently still alive. He's 84. He's not going to have Twitter. He's Russian. Soviet Russia, we don't have Twitter. Can we just tweet Schwarzenegger at the end of this? Just over oh, book lines? If we got a Schwarzenegger... Hell, like, that's... I give up on life. I just... I've won everything. <laughs> yeah. That tops Mini Driver any day of the week. Virginia North as a limp. Draco's female assistant, Nikki Vanderzeel, provided an uncredited voice for... Oh, does Nikki Vanderzeel have Twitter? Oh, I sure hope so. Jesus Christ, I've never actually seen a picture of what she looks like. Wow. <laughs> Is that a good wow or a bad wow? Let's go with good. <laughs> <laughs> or are you looking at a picture of Ursula Andress right now? No, I'm looking at a picture of Nikki Vanderseel <laughs> on Wikipedia. Uh, now, she looks like my grandma. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't have Twitter. Oh, now I'm seeing, yeah. Jeffrey. Oh, she, there's a picture here when she was younger. She wasn't too bad when she was younger. Again, not that it matters what people look like. <laughs> now that we know we have listeners, voice. we have to be careful, Colin. Uh, Jeffrey yeah. Cheshire as Toussaint. Who the hell is that? Ah, hold on. I found something really funny. There's a picture of Kissy Suzuki, or the actress plays Kissy Suzuki, in the bikini, and Nikki Vanderzel autographed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why not? Oh, All right, did. So- Okay, well, we know they're dead. Let's talk about the movie while they're still alive. Yeah, I've, I've got three more to Google. Quickly, you talk about it. I'm going to find one. From, here, let's go. I'm going to put this into Google. I'm going to I'm gonna check this, okay? I, I'm going to talk into it because I don't want to type. Who from Honor Majesty's Secret Service is still alive? <laughs> Do I need to bring up Siri again? <laughs> it just brings up Honor Majesty's Secret Service film, Wikipedia. Surely there's like a, you know, a junior boy grip on something like as you said it's like not to have twitter james bree's dead far not james bree 
All right, John Gay as Hammond. I don't know who the fuck Hammond is, but surely... John Hammond? He was in this one? <laughs> John Gay, not John Hammond. Welcome to Peace Gloria. <laughs> Dr. Bond, my dear doctor. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Spared no expense. <laughs> Oh, what flag is that up there? I didn't see, damn it! That's, um... Uh, it was, like, it was blue with, like, red diamonds. A couple of red diamonds Yeah, that's, on the top. like, a, probably a... It's not a country's flag. Again, like, okay. That's what you say when you don't know how to identify one. Is Oh, that's not, like, a country. It's, like, a corporate flag. Like, I know, I think we talked a little bit about this in the Die Another Day one where we talked about, like, you know, James Bond henchmen are kind of like stormtroopers. They always miss and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The difference, I guess, with James Bond henchmen... And evil people, like, I mean, Darth Vader doesn't generally lock people in a room and be like, I'll kill you later. I mean, does he? Kind of does with Leia, I guess. But, like, you know, like, who puts him in a room with giant cogwheels? Oh, you'll die eventually. I'm sure you'll trip over and get yourself caught. Like, that's the worst way to kill James Bond ever. (laughs) I'm going to lock you in a room with dangerous things that you can avoid if you have to. (laughs) Instead of just putting your face right into these spikes that are sticking out of our wall all over the place... I think I'm just going to find one of these random people with the same name as an angel of death. So let's go for Mona Chong. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Mona Chong active on Twitter, right? Yeah, she tweeted two days ago. So here we go. All right. I'm going to tweet to Mona Chong. What was it like playing <laughs> <laughs> an angel of death? In, on her, is that kind of it's not racist she's got the same name as someone I'm not just uh, generalising her she's actually got the same name yeah. if she writes back and says that wasn't me I'm like oh sorry wrong Mona Chong <laughs> what was <laughs> playing Angel of Death in on her what if she just replies and says sorry she died <laughs> oh, I always get mistaken for that Mona Chong yeah look these people we're tweeting like 22 year olds out there who just share names and I guarantee they'll be dead by the time this episode airs <laughs> probably she's like Bitchy from Honolulu. I mean, if there's like a natural disaster in Honolulu in the next 24 hours, I'm sorry, Hawaii. All right? <laughs> if I don't get a reply from Mona Chong, who has 70 followers, then there's something wrong. If I can give a mini driver and not Mona Chong. <laughs> uh, done. <laughs> Back to the movie. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay. Um, I found one to tweet to. I'm just going to wait a second here. You must never touch. Never. (laughs) Did you just burp? What was that? I'm just listening to, like, and kind of analysing this plot, you know, in mind, like, it's just (laughs) hypnotism. Again, I just, I just... (laughs) <laughs> the plot of this film, like, that's all he asks for. I don't want to be a criminal, and I want to be king of France. <laughs> and this is kind of like um, we talked about, I think, in Skyfall, where, you know, Skyfall, um, you know, the villain technically wins. I mean, yeah, Blofeld doesn't win to an extent, but he also kind of does, because he hurts James Bond quite severely at the end of this movie as well, so... 
All right, I'm just going to deviate off here. I'm going to be Ben now. I found at Shano11, who is uh, a Herald Sun Digital Night editor named Sean Campbell. And I just tweeted him, I've seen it advertised. I just got that. Hey, I'm glad I don't work for uh, News Corp anymore because he was one of my co-workers technically. All right, I'm hedging a bet. I think you're going to get a reply. I don't think Mona Chong's going to reply to me. <laughs> Screw you, Mona. We should that's what that's our goal. Like we should totally just find people with the same name. Guys, we have a huge exclusive. We have Roger Moore on the show. Yeah, like, that's right. Roger Moore. Roger, how are you? And it's just like, uh, "Hey, I'm Roger Moore." <laughs> I mean, we're technically not lying. <laughs> They actually did that here in Australia. They had um, Matt Damon came out here to do press for the last Bourne movie. So one of uh, the websites got a bit creative and they went onto Facebook and it's like, hey, is there anybody out there actually called Jason Bourne? And they got people to like send in like proof that the name was Jason Bourne and they got this guy called Jason Bourne to interview Matt Damon. <laughs> and like Matt Damon loved it. There's like a video of it on YouTube somewhere. And we have uh, a city very, very much up north here in Manitoba called Miami. And back uh, one year when the Super Bowl was in Miami, Florida, this radio station was doing this huge prize giveaway for a month. They were, you know, getting people entered in this to win a trip to see the Super Bowl in Miami. And it ended up being, you're going to go watch it in a bar in Miami, Manitoba. (laughs) My dad does that joke, like, um, you know, typical dad joke fashion. But... um, Is it uh, Jim Morrison, lead singer of The Doors? And he gets there and he'd be like, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, Jim Morrison was born in Melbourne. And they'll be like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't Australian. He's like, yeah, he was born in Melbourne. No no word of a lie. Really? Really? Yeah, Melbourne, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, you get me every time, Dad. Is there anybody famous born in Hobart? Me. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Famous. Um, Errol Flynn, the, the classic Hollywood actor Errol Flynn is... Was he? Tas- I don't know if he was born in Hobart, though. I know he's Tasmanian. The, the thing with most famous Tasmanians, like Simon Baker from uh, The Mentalist is Tasmanian, um, but, mm. but a lot of them are born up north in Launceston. Um, so the famous Tasmanians that I could name that were born here, you would have no idea who the hell they are. Although, actually, I've just looked up Errol Flynn. He was born in Hobart. There we go. Born in Battery Point. Ah, Right. I know where that is. Because when I look up famous people from Hobart, Errol Flynn is first, followed by <laughs> Essie Davis. Yes. Well, she's um, she actually just got a role in Game of Thrones. She was she's big here. She's she was in like the Matrix sequels. She was um, there's a mo- uh, TV show here which is pretty big called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which I think is like on Canadian and American Netflix. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's um. She has just... I don't know if she was in like the most recent season of Game of Thrones, but it was big news here. Like, oh, Issy Davis is in Game of Thrones. So she's the second most famous person from Hobart. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of... I mean, even a lot of our famous sporting stars are generally from up north. Who is famous? I'm just looking here, too. I've just Googled it. <laughs> I mean, Winnipeg has a ton of people. Well, Colin Hilding doesn't count. <laughs> List of Tasmanians, Wikipedia. (laughs) Every person from Tasmania is on Wikipedia. (laughs) 
Noah Groves. <laughs> the crown princess of Denmark is from Hobart. Mary hey, Donaldson. remember on a magic secret service? <laughs> this is like the worst sidetrack we've ever gotten. <laughs> this is worse than anything else. And this is your favourite. I know. Well, here we're at this geese sequence. Who the fuck is Denny King, the 10th most famous person from Tasmania? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Can we tweet Denny King to say, who are you? <laughs> you could, but he died. Uh... <laughs> Alana Hill, fashion designer. He's from Jeeveston. Who from Jeeveston goes on to design fashion? That is like the bogan capital of Tasmania. <laughs> oh, I do want to talk about the movie very briefly yes, here. Yes, please do. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I <laughs> Have you ever done... Well, I'm guessing you live there. You haven't. Have you ever done a lot of skiing or any skiing? Uh, no. The, the closest I've ever got to skiing was um, not long after I left you. I went to Salt Lake City and the people I stayed with, we went to a ski resort that actually was one of the ones where they had the Olympics and I got shoved down a snow-filled hill on a sled. Oh, um, that was the... Yeah, I saw you tobogganing in your Yeah, there was, I, I was apparently a week early. If I was there a week later, the the proper thing would have... Like, there were people there skiing, but you couldn't... Like, they, like Nalia, the person I was like, trying to survive, you know, people you know, but like people yeah. listening to this might not know. Um, she had to actually go up to a person like, can I borrow your toboggan? Um, but like she said, if we were there a week later, we could have like hired skis and actually gone. So to answer your question, no, I have not ever been skiing. <laughs> It's a long winded right. answer. Well, I could have said no. I want to talk about banks. <laughs> Another episode of Ben's Life Story coming soon. <laughs> Download the Brink Unleashed Sticks. This is cool, like killing the guy I right off the cliff. He had a lot of guts. Oh, wrong bit. <laughs> I would love to go skiing, though. I, I know what we. I'm not going to say we took it in school. But it's one of those things where, you know, you had maybe three or four weeks worth of skiing classes during gym class in the winter. And it, I was just awful at it. I know we went to winter camp and I was on two skis like this and it was cross country, which should be easy. And I couldn't do it. Like I ended up just disconnecting my skis and walking all the way back to camp. It was just awful. I, so I can't um, imagine skiing on one one ski. I, I love the fact that you have like you learn skill. Like, do you have swimming lessons in Canada? Is that a thing? Like, as yeah. part of school? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do it. I think for two or three years, you get swimming lessons. I thought that was unique to Australia. I mean, we have like kangaroo riding lessons. Um, <laughs> You're like, do you have math there? Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you have this thing oh, called oh, English oh, there? <laughs> Well, I guess I no, guess seriously. you learn French, you, you right? Actually, like, French is part of your like you have to learn French yeah. or the first. Well, at least when I was in school, I think the first eight years it's mandatory. See, I did French for two years in high school, but like the second year it was actually by choice. Funnily enough, I did something French by choice. But um, I mean, yeah, Australia we don't give a shit for languages. <laughs> it's fucking speak English, mate. You're in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Actual quote said by most of our population. <laughs> oh, my favorite Christmas songs in this part. Alvita Zen. Why can't I find my remote? I wanted to turn it up for the Christmas song. Funny, actually, you're talking about cross country skiing. I was flicking channels the other night, and Mr. Deeds wasn't on, but um, I was watching the Nordic Combined World Cup. <laughs> that was oh. very fascinating. I like that sport. How did Canada place? Uh, in the, there was the women's, uh, the, actually no, there was, 
The second, what was the one I was watching and they got about eight? That was like the, uh, I think that was a biathlon relay or something the next day or something. By the way, as we as we talk through another great fight here. <laughs> yeah, shut um, up, Ben! My, on the topic of skiing, I guess, my favorite sport of all time, moguls. Um, <laughs> you're Australian. You're Australian. Brittany Cox is killing our trio of sisters, the deferral of points. It's, it's gotten embarrassing, two events in a row. Well, good on her, Colin, all right? That's because we've decided in the moguls for once to actually get an Australian and not steal one of yours. So that's, <laughs> that's the Dale Begg-Smith um, influence on, on skiing in Australia. Ten years later, one young girl said, I'm going to take up the sport. There's actually... Um... Oh, look at this. Oh, right. Look at that blue suit. Yeah, he's back to wearing, and he's and he's he's got his plaid little checkered thing on now. Is that his dressing gown that he wore before? <laughs> I think that's part of his sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's set a challenge. We've got what about uh, forty minutes of this film to go. Let's talk about the film for yeah. the remaining forty minutes. <laughs> at least at least for twenty of these forty minutes, <laughs> until we start talking about like moguls oh. or. <laughs> Well, we that's him curling on that I mean, box. If you go back and see that, it says curling on that ticket box. Look at the amount yeah, of people right lining there, up. Yeah. There it is. Look, how many people are lining up to watch curling? This is Canadian. I didn't realize this sport was that popular all over the world. I just do. Like, I know that's I'm, not curling. I know I've mentioned this before on this, but like, I just love that Simpsons episode when they go to Canada and they've got like Bart and Milhouse fighting, and they like got the commentators of curling's like going, "Oh, there's two young Yankee Doodles fighting. Both our viewers will be thrilled." <laughs> oh, here's my song. Did you listen to this at Do Christmas? Do you know how Christmas trees are grow? <laughs> Mustache on that guy. That guy was like a <laughs> precursor to 70s porn hey, can star. can we find out who played the crazy bear here? <laughs> yeah, the bear! I forgot about the bear! Yes! <laughs> James Bond terrified by mascots. Surely that's on IMDb. Surely man in bear suit is on there. I mean, we've had the most obscure IMDb credits, haven't we, before? <laughs> like... Now, hang on a minute. Let's just, let's just, we should really be talking about the main part here. You go off at me talking about Bond and Dalton on a, on a Ferris wheel and a fun fair. He's at a freaking fun fair right now, and this is like your favorite one. He's hiding. It's different. <laughs> he didn't willingly go there and say, hey, Tracy, do you want to go figure skating and ride a Ferris wheel? There's a person here called Dudley Jones who played Hall Porter. I honestly thought that said Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now, come on. There's, like, five people on IMDb who paid P's Gloria Guard uncredited. There is not man or woman in bear suit. How many of them were Olympic athletes? Because they're all wearing the logo. Strength. Here we go. George Leach played strangled spectre gear. <laughs> what? Peter R. Hunt played man reflected in universal export sign. Oh, we got to rewind to watch that part. I wonder if he's alive. Let's let's tweet Peter R. Hunt. Well, he's the director of the movie. Well, he is still dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Norman McGlynn played janitor, uncredited. <laughs> hey, now this car chase is fantastic too. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't funny. <laughs> Oh, here, here's more humor about death. 
Norman McGlynn, who played uncredited janitor, went on to be in movies such as A Couple of Beauties, The Tomorrow People, and most famously known for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He played an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> an uncredited Oompa Loompa. Oh, this man gets uncredited in everything. <laughs> what is he playing this one? Uncredited janitor. <laughs> Oh, he's the one who's whistling Goldfinger. Oh, and he was an Oompa Loompa. He's not short. And he, he, guess what? He's dead too. (laughs) That's all I'm a dead people. (laughs) Seriously, this movie, like, it wasn't that bad, people. And everybody died off of it. It's like people talk about the Superman curse. Talk about our Majesty's Secret Service curse. Shakira Kane? woman in casino she's dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah just keep my mind on your driving what's with the uh like does peter watch this film and see all the fur that diana riggs wearing right now (laughs) (laughs) flies up those stairs pretty quickly we're back to talking about the film. It's quiet, and it's like <laughs> so he, he flies up the stairs, stairs pretty quickly. Fur. <laughs> but seriously, this car chase—I love this, especially yeah. when they get on the ice. Yeah. And now I'm jumping ahead. Let's talk about parts that haven't come up yet. Back to this great music. It's also, it's cool to see that there's a car chase and Bond really has no part of this. Like, this entire escape, Bond does nothing. It's all Tracy. Well, this is why she was rumoured to be playing James Bond (laughs) instead of Gillian Anderson. Uh. (laughs) That's basically, like, those snowbanks on the side, that's what Winnipeg looks like right now. I saw it for, like, a day, sort of. (laughs) Yeah, you saw, like, the first snow... Which, I'm just going to say, Winnipegers hate when the snow falls because we can get hit with, like, a few feet of snow in one shot. And it used to be snow was gone by March. Now it's, like, the beginning of May and we still have snow. But Ben was so excited for snow the first night he was here and it snowed the next morning. And ever (laughs) since then, there's we've had a couple of big snowstorms, like, massive snowstorms since then. And every time, my wife's like, oh, I bet you Ben would be loving this. <laughs> well, I just Thanks went, a lot, Ben. Well, it was great, because everywhere I went, it was, like, hot. And then as soon as I got to New York, it started to get cold. And then from Montreal onwards, except for Nebraska, it snowed everywhere. Um, you know, it's, it wasn't snow when I went to Salt Lake. Then it snowed. Then it wasn't snowing in Denver. Then it snowed. And it was, yeah. I brought the snow to people. You're I'll welcome, America say, and Canada. I'll also say... Uh, I know what it's like to drive on ice because this is our roads right now too. <laughs> so this is literally, this, this isn't actually scripted. This was just filming Winnipeg. No, <laughs> exactly. No joke. This is what driving on the roads is like half the time. Quick, we're going to get to the Canadian Museum of Human Rights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's open. Was okay. Maybe you were reading some trivia. You you did all this research. You were waiting on me for half an hour saying you were reading up on trivia of the movie, and you haven't given us one tidbit of information. I kind of got bored because I was I, listening I to one, Die Another Day commentary. I heard that this car chase was sort of... <laughs> 
But I thought at some point I heard, maybe one of our listeners can clarify this, that this car chase, not that it was improvised on the spot, but it's like it wasn't scripted and they sort of like, oh, we need something extra. Let's do a car chase in the middle of the, you know, the, let's have them right in the middle of this race. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. what? There you, you are. Say that again. Sorry, I was actually Hours watching the movie. Research <laughs> <have> paid off. <laughs> Believe it or not. Well, this car chase, it was sort of like, it was sort of, it was unscripted and they, they just felt like they needed something extra. So like, okay, well, how about let's have them go on this track and drive around on the ice? So this was unscripted. I'm asking you, you <laughs> morons! <laughs> Don't ask me! You did hours of research. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to talking about, like, Cookie Monster? Um, I'm reading. Uh, the stock car <laughs> ring category is essentially good. Constructed by flooding a flat field with water and then freezing it. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Oh, here comes the blizzard that comes out. For the scene where Bond and Tracy crash into a car race while trivia. being pursued, an ice rink was constructed over an unused aeroplane track with water and snow sprayed on it constantly. George Lazenby and Diana Rigg did most of the driving due to the high number of close-ups. Is that what you wanted, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> No, not really, but thanks anyways. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah, the blizzard... So is that Winnipeg? Oh, wild blizzard appeared. Actually, true true as well. I've never experienced anything like it, but just on Tuesday I was driving to work, and I was in the parking lot of my work, and suddenly the snow was blowing so strong that I couldn't see more than a foot in front of my car. And I was wondering, I'm like, if a person jumps out in front of me right now, will I even see it or will I just hear them hit the hood of my car? Well, you could always try that out next time. Just Grand Theft Auto it up. <laughs> <laughs> One, You want to know a random thing that I read, Colin? Um, <laughs> George Lazenby sure. is the only... Is it relevant to this movie? It or is, is it actually. It is, this is very relevant to this movie. George Lazenby is the only actor to have ever played James Bond who was nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance. There you go. But not for James Bond. He was, was nom- he nominated for? He was nominated, but it was back when they used to have the most promising newcomer, male... Um, category oh, okay. the Golden Globes. So one of the fake categories. To yeah. which he lost out to John Wait Voight. Wait a second, Sean Connery won... <laughs> Sean Connery won an Academy Award, and they're talking about he's the only one who won to go- be nominated for a Golden Globe. Because Golden Globes are more important. Said no one ever. Oh, he's this scene's pretty important. <laughs> it is. This is honestly the scene that... When I read this, I saw this in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I just don't really care for this Lazenby guy. You know, he's not very convincing. He's not a great actor. And then I'd seen this movie, I don't know, three, four times. And when I read this part of the book, suddenly it clicked. And I'm like, wait, I get what he's doing now. It's like, it made sense. And this is like by far his best scene in the movie. I think I remember when I saw this, and I don't think Dad had told me that he actually gets married and all this sort of stuff. But it's, it's kind of like... It seems weird to an extent that James Bond's like saying he's in love with someone, but I mean, it works. Mm. Even though he's just slept around a little bit before this scene. Yeah. And now he doesn't want to. The only person he won't sleep with is her. Yeah, do they actually have sex in this entire movie? Well, they do at the end of the scene, but at first he insists he doesn't want to. 
And of course they did in the beginning of the movie on the balcony. Of course, yes. That's right. I just wanted to be kissing him you right now. You were too distracted by his dressing gown. No, I just, this is the scene where she's like kissing him. He's like, you smell like an... You've been with another woman! Slap! <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just smell like chicken and bananas? <laughs> You've been with an angel of death! What did, did we talk about that in our episode? Like, what the hell is she doing the whole time he's up at Peace Gloria? Skating, mostly. It's like, you know, you must be with my, my daughter. She needs a man to dominate her. Just piss off for a while. She'll be right. Like, what, yeah, if, what if she killed herself while he's away? Like, <laughs> she, he met her trying to kill herself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just... Sean Campbell was watching after her. I was going to say, just do it already, but that's a bit mean, isn't it? You know, maybe Sean Campbell, maybe Blofeld had nothing to do with it. Maybe Sean Campbell just really needed a man to dominate him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the brochure. <laughs> yeah, they're so good in this scene together. It's hard to imagine that they wouldn't have gotten along. You could imagine, or maybe they just both are brilliant actors. Imagine it, like Cass has Diana Rigg ever been nominated for a Golden Globe? Has Di- Diana Rigg would have won something, wouldn't she? <laughs> As you can hear, us feverishly clicking <laughs> on our mice. <laughs> just one of those. Yeah. She- She's won a BAFTA. What, what did she win? I don't know, like, Best Actress Ever? <laughs> yes. Last year at the Oscars, they see, had a... Best Actress Ever. <laughs> it was won by Diana Rigg. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep was a shoe-in it's until Meryl Diana Street, Rigg. Diana came. Rigg. <laughs> Just looking at her film, she won a, she's won a BAFTA. For the 1990 TV... She won an Emmy. She won a... Ooh, the prestigious Broadcasting Press Guild Award. Uh, (laughs) Ooh, she won the Online Film and Television Association Award for Best Guest Actress in a Drama Series for Game of Thrones. Twice! She's been been nominated for three back-to-back Emmys for Game of Thrones. And, and here you go, nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress for The Hospital, 1971. She's been nominated for Tony's. Oh, she so got... her and George Lazenby are, are officially they're officially on equal footing. <laughs> you can just see the um the tra- oh look at the realisticness of that blue screen. Uh the trailer, Golden Globe nominated actor George Lazenby. <laughs> well, let's talk about the blue screen here. I mean. I think there definitely are some blue screen shots, but you don't know say. In, uh, one of the making of. <laughs> well, I, I know in one of the making of is they talk about this. Some of these shots they did with like the actors on their knees on a sled. <laughs> We're about to get the famous line often quoted by James Bond fans. <laughs> he had a lot of guts. Now, does James Bond wear those sort of goggles? <laughs> It's just like, does he wear frills? Does he wear scroggins? <laughs> now, you're talking about skiing before, and you're saying about how hard it is, you know, to ski one leg. How hard is it to ski and shoot an MK, you know, AK-47 at the same time? Well, well, that, coincidentally, that was part of our gym class as well. I thought so. Oh, here we go. 
Oh, I'm excited. The snow is red, and here it comes. <laughs> no! <laughs> hey, it is a pretty brutal death. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's just a bit of blood. You kind of see a bit of, like, guts in that, too. It's straight from the book, too. Like, not that he had a lot of guts line isn't in the book, but that death is exactly the way it is in the book. You just need to see, like, a hand flying and a bit of intestine and just, <laughs> <laughs> Now, does... You're Canadian. You, you hang out in snow. Does that start... And actually, is that a way to start an avalanche? <laughs> I, there's not a lot of mountains here in Manitoba. I wouldn't really know that. <laughs> I thought that's just how Canadians get to work on an avalanche. Let's beat rush hour, honey. Bang! Avalanche. I'm going to take a guess, though, going back to the he had a lot of guts guy. I bet you he's the only actor in this movie who's still alive, and I bet you he has Twitter. The had a lot of guts guy, yeah. And he, his, Twitter, his Twitter profile played had a lot of guts guy in Honor Majesty's Secret <laughs> Service. Goes to Comic-Con. I played had a lot of guts guy. Hey, if that was me, Golden I would Globe honestly nominee. that. If you were the, if I was a random, if I was like an actor in Hollywood who just could not make it. Yet I played, you know, random extra in a Bond film that gets killed memorably. I'd totally be like, hey, yeah, I was that guy in Bond who that happened to. Well, hey, look at this, Hannah Stokely, duh, lady from <laughs> Skyfall, Estrella. <laughs> Forty thousand listeners can't be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, in all seriousness, how the fuck do they survive this? Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't have the the inflatable jacket that he gets in World is Not Enough. Where is it? Like, we've had a World is Not Enough reference. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where's that scene? <laughs> true, sure, true, sure. <laughs> This is why they invented it. <laughs> because of this bit here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think one day, like six months from now, Bond's like, Q, you know what we really need to build me? It's an inflatable jacket. Remember that time you didn't and my wife was kidnapped and then she ended up dying? I think at that bit there where you see the legs in the snow, it just needs to cut, fade to black. James Bond will not return. I read, actually, one of the trivia bits that I did read say that they originally planned to come up with some sort of story about why he looks different, and they were going to say that he had to get surgery because, you know, too many of the bad guys were recognising him, but they were like, oh, no, that's silly. <laughs> so what, instead they, they get him breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, like, I love this movie, but there is no real explanation for it other than you could think, well, he's trying to claim this fortune, so maybe he had plastic surgery to to look like this or whatever, but... There are so few. The only thing that it really gives us that imply that is that he would have to get his earlobes, you know, <laughs> some sort of implants for his earlobes. Other than that, there's no reason for him to look different. There was, um, uh, there was one of these article things I read once. It was like, you know, film conspiracy theories, you know, these ones where they come up with weird plot points. Like, I read one recently saying that Step Brothers is a sequel to Elf 
because Will Ferrell's character is similar to yeah. what he played in Elf and that, you know, his mum's Mary Steinberger or whatever her name is and all this sort of stuff, which was actually kind of interesting. But the one I read about James Bond was that, you know, James Bond isn't a person. It's a like a title they give to their agents and that's why, you know, he's played by different actors. And it's like, well, you know, just that's- think of James Bond, I guess, as kind of like The Simpsons. They just don't age. <laughs> Is that like the same person who gave the theory that the entire final act of Spectre was a dream? Yeah, I think that was maybe not the same person, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, now George Lazenby looks younger. (laughs) He's he's Gloria. This was filmed. Yeah, it took so the, long to the, film. The, they filmed these out of sequence, yeah. This was before him and Diana Rigg were really at each other's throats. That's where M looks younger too, like... <laughs> yeah. Again, as we talked about in one of these episodes, and ultimately, I mean, it's maybe a bit different in this one because he's in love with her, but, like, imagine all the things that would be different in James Bond if he just didn't give a shit about the girl ultimately. Like, eh, let her have her. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, this is it. Like, they're giving in, aren't they? The good old British government. Oh, fuck it. Let's just give him what he wants. And, like, ultimately, it really doesn't matter for too much. Again, it's not like he's asking for all the world's gold or he's asking to be king of the universe. Again, he wants to be some royal prick in France and he wants his um, military record, uh, his criminal record erased. Like, that's really not going to matter too much to the British government if they give in, right? Sorry, I'm just still so distracted about how young everybody was. I'm like, my God, Judy Dench used to look terrible. <laughs> she aged well. <laughs> it's a short hair. Her hair grew back. You're complaining about her short hair. Look at how short it was here. Oh, uh, Judy. This is something else that's great, too. Like, there's really no reason for him to have Tracy there other than the fact that she could be in the climax. And I don't think this was in the book either. But I love just this idea that, like, at the very last minute it throws in there. And usually in Bond movies, this is so forced where he's like, oh, why don't you join me? But he kind of just gets a kick out of it. And I love the way that she plays off of it where she's like, I'll make you a countess. She's like, I'm already a countess. What else you got? (laughs) What happens if, like, in one of these films, like, she actually did, like, oh, okay, that sounds good. And fuck you, James. I was only joking. Not in love. Lol. (laughs) That's what happened to Electra. Yeah. <laughs> if you displease me. Like, <laughs> who says that? Maybe, like, um, the filmmakers really hated the Olympics or something like that, and that's why all the Olympians are evil. <laughs> Thomas Bach is really Blofeld. Now <laughs> yeah. we know it. He's the Count, isn't he? We're going back to Sesame Street. <laughs> Two villains! Ah, 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 ah. But I'm already a coward! (laughs) 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 I love the part, I don't jump ahead here, but I can't hear all the dialogue. It's like, you are making my passengers sick, and I just want to hear a little bit. Are they sick with the air sickness? (laughs) Caused from the inability to eat meat? We talked about that in the episode, but it's like, is that a sickness? Like, to all our vegetarian and vegan yeah. listeners, like, I'm offended. Apparently, they're all Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, like... 
I still like the uh, the idea that Noah threw out there that it's like he's gonna cure like celiac here. I can go eat gluten. <laughs> you know, yeah, Colin, you're rooting for Blofeld in this one. <laughs> exactly. He's not all that bad. He's making people countesses. He's <laughs> curing celiac. I guess, like, you know, joking about how shit his demands are. Again, it's what it is a more quote realistic Bond film. And, you know, we're not getting volcano lairs um, and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, well, again, going back to what we've always talked about, like you have your really over-the-top outlandish Bond film followed by a fairly serious one. It's kind of, you know, the norm now. It's what happened like three times in Bond history. But let's also think about the fact that Blofeld has successfully cured these women of all their sicknesses. <laughs> Yeah. So why wouldn't they give him what he wants? Like, by Bond doing this, how many diseases has he kept in the world? Like, <laughs> cancer could be cured if Bond didn't just want his girl back. Well, exactly. And, like, again, like, if they just... You know, this is maybe the one time when the British actually bending over and giving in is a good thing, because it's like, well, sure, you can not have a criminal record, be this person in France, but can we also have the uh, plans about how you cured all these diseases? Exactly. I want to know how I can eat bananas, too. And if it, all it is is the fact you have to hypnotize someone? Like... <laughs> Are you unhappy here? Nah, I'm <laughs> fucking thrilled, mate. This is great. I love being kidnapped. <laughs> Cheers for that. Love to be a prisoner of the IOC. <laughs> <laughs> We will make you bid on future Olympics. <laughs> you are now president of bid for Budapest 2024. This is how we traded Dale Beg Smith to Australia. <laughs> you want to know how America wins so many no gold medals? <laughs> we kidnap people. <laughs> <laughs> What is that is she's drinking? Is that like a... The dinosaurs, the ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> this is the apocalypse now. It needs to be dun 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 there. The inability to find the weapon. What do, what do all these guards do during the day? Like you know, 99% of the time, they're just chilling. You know, Bond's not attacking them all Playing the time. Solitaire. <laughs> like, are they, like, looking at Curling. The bobsled <laughs> curling. Hey, Hans, do you want to go down the luge track with me? Double luge. <laughs> you lay on top of me. I'll be the bottom. I was what like again this channel had like the Nordic combined world cup and then they had like the luge world cup and like I always love the doubles luge because that sport is so homoerotic like (laughs) (laughs) these two giant men in these skin tight costumes with bulges in their pants laying on top of each other what the hell is that sport (laughs) imagine double skeleton when they're actually on top of each other the other way (laughs) Hans, you're getting a bit excited around turn three. I know what you're allergic to. (laughs) The inability to get an erection. See, look at this. Tracy gets the most violent death scene of this movie. 
Like, not her death scene. Well, oh, it is. I guess that would be the But the most violent kill of this movie is what Tracy does here. We talked about in Living Daylights, the Red Cross complained about the use of their logo during the whole Taliban sequence. But, like, do they complain about this? Like, <laughs> well, it's not actually the Red Cross. It's kind of the. Uh, well, it wasn't the, the Red Italian Cross and the Taliban it. either, was it? <laughs> I still like I like again. Everyone's dead. We can never probably ask this question. But like, why are the people who are evil wearing the Olympic rings? Like again, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> can we just give a, a shout out here to uh, James Bond Legends, the video game? Is there a better level in that game than playing Honor Majesty's Secret Service? You know, I've had that. Ga- oh, I love that sequence. Sorry, him just like sliding down on. Speaking of losers, yeah, mowing down people. That is awesome. Um, I've had that game now for about two years, and I haven't played it yet. So. <laughs> I can't answer that Oh, was question. it Noah that played it? Oh, like, like we played multiplayer. Played. Noah played it. Yeah, Noah and I played multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> but... uh, I've, I've played the game. It's like it's great. If anybody wants to play a classic James Bond game, I mean, it's not like From Russia With Love, and I like the From Russia With Love game where you are playing as Sean Connery's James Bond in 1963, but <laughs> it's basically a, a universe where Daniel, Daniel Craig was involved in all these movies. So... Goldfinger is modernized with Daniel Craig in it, but you're still getting to play like the uh, Fort Knox level, and you get to play a Peace Gloria raid here. Does he go? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's because you know what I can do with my little finger. Oh, look at that flamethrower guy! That guy's awesome. Is he still alive? Let's get the. <laughs> He's probably dead too. <laughs> Now, there's a bad effect, the blowing up of the cable car. Was he throwing a bong at that guy? What is that? (laughs) I think that the theme works here, but the theme doesn't work in the silent bits when he's just, like, walking down silently through the lab. Yeah. Like, him, like, mowing down the shelf. He's trying to pull apart wood paneling. Ding, 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 Like, Bond trashing. It's kind of like when they're... Yeah, like when they're playing it and he's uh, taping his hair to the door frame in Doctor yeah. No. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> She'd be like, "Hilly, you old dog!" Ding, 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 ding. Hey, Tasmania's on. If that you map. look at the part right, <laughs> the part right there, he basically was struggling to find the right switch for the lights. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Look, look this. his safe cracker is the size of like. An internal combustion engine, but they have a camera that's smaller than the one in my phone right now. Ah, James Bond. Look at this. We've gone for a good ten minutes talking about this. I know, right? We said we'd try to, and we've we've done our job. Why did they only set it for a minute? Like, did they have enough time to get out in a minute? Well, considering what the minute will take, like, about ten minutes screen time, right? Like, <laughs> I love this guy, too. He, he just set the timer, and it's basically like, how long do we have to get out of here? He pulls out his pocket watch. Hmm, how much of the minute has passed so far? <laughs> yeah, like, right now, it's, like, taking how long? Like, he's not exactly rushing to the helicopter. Yeah. So we have a minute. How much of that minute's left? Uh, let me see here. No. I love this where he punches his own daughter. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> that is so mean. 
This guy who's just, like, saved her life. Like, the only reason why she's surviving. No, fuck it. I'm going to, like, leave without him. (laughs) He really is an evil bastard. But that's good because it it reminds you that he's a criminal. And I think they downplayed that in this movie. Like, compared to the book where it was very clear, you know, this is one of the guys that MI6 actually has, like, files open on. And in this movie, they they really do downplay it. Like, sometimes it takes a moment like that to for me to even be reminded, oh yeah, Draco's supposed to be one of the bad guys in this. It's a very cool idea that he teams up with him. So this is where the theme would work right now, as opposed to uh, trashing a shelf. Oh Hans, here's the loose scene, the bobsled! It's kind of a cool idea though, let's have a bobsled chase. I think that's in the book too. Feel the rhythm. Feel the ride. Get it up. It's bobsled time. Go running. Eins, zwei, drei. I was thinking the exact same thing. Sanka, you're dead. <laughs> you know, I want at the end of this for Bond to reach into his pants and pull out an egg and kiss it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that right, I right like you. Right behind the frog it. He's got an egg right in that sprog in there. <laughs> Again, evil Olympians. They wouldn't let him in the uh, Olympics. This is why. <laughs> That's what the IAC are really like. Jamaica, you cannot enter the Olympics. And how is Blofeld driving this thing? He's not even looking, but it's still steering. <laughs> And yet somehow we can rear-end him. I mean, wouldn't they, like... I'm not one for knowledge on bobsleds and how they work, but, like, if that's a four-man sled, how is it working with one... Like, don't they need the weight to go down? Well, not to mention, I mean, he's operating everything. The brake, the the steering... Okay, that green screen is, like, flipping over in, like, 360 degrees. Yeah, exactly, I just want to see, like, the, the, the counter come up. It's like, three, two, one, in the middle of it. Yes. Now, how the hell did Bond survive that? <laughs> and he still well, gets in front of the bobsled. Yeah. <laughs> it's going a lot faster in the blue screen shots than it is when he was walking up to it. It's like the boat in Thunderball, wasn't it? When it's like, <laughs> how fast yeah, it's like... was it going? 300 kilometers an hour in some shots. Now, this, again, was the alternate ending for Cool Runnings when the East Germans <laughs> were chasing after the Jamaicans. Hans, was it Josef Gruhl or whatever his name was? He's also one of the biggest assholes in the world. You know, one of the most disappointing things that I had to hear when I went to Winnipeg was at the hotel where they filmed the um, the line dancing scene. Uh, was yeah, you told me used to be in Winnipeg, but they pulled it down. <laughs> like the week before you came, it was because uh, um, I was watching Cool Runnings. I think it was only like a day or two before you got here, and you know, I was wondering, well, how many Canadian locations did they use? And I look up in the yeah, the, the bar scene where they have the fight that was filmed here in Winnipeg and they had demolished it like three days earlier. They just Oh, that's got to hurt. Um, they just knew that I was coming yeah. there. 
<laughs> I don't know, that branched offline is pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, I'll... I, I love Lazenby. I think he's definitely the second worst for delivering the one-liners. I think him and Dalton just don't get it for the most part. He sadly came in at last on our overall Bond rankings. And he's younger there, too. <laughs> I love that. Go and get the brandy. This was taken from one of those commercials he filmed, and they just said, let's put it in the movie. <laughs> Oh, this is this is getting sad. Now, who who didn't stick around to confirm Blofeld's death? <laughs> well, we saw his ability to check on his henchmen and that before when he just left the dude in his room. Again, if I'm James Bond, I'm going up there and I'm mowing him down with a gun afterwards. That is an ugly ring. I can tell you some trivia about the scene where she's about to die if you want to know it. Sure. He uh, apparently, uh, to prepare him for the scene, they basically got him there at about 8 o'clock in the morning and just overworked him to kind of like practice the scene, practice the scene. So by the time they eventually filmed it at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, he actually was exhausted, so he was more emotional. And they filmed two two versions of it, one where he cried and the other where he didn't. And they didn't want to use the one where he cried because they're like, oh, James Bond doesn't cry. But apparently it was Lazenby who was like, dude, um, his wife just got killed, so I think he would cry. And <laughs> made it keep it in the film. So they basically did, like, torture on the man. Yes. <laughs> they were waterboarding him in between takes. Your wife is going to die. Your wife is going to die. I love this cue, just like, you know, growing up with Bond. Yeah. My boy. <laughs> I just want to see at what point does Lazenby's eyes go down to her cleavage again. <laughs> oh, that's a sweet little bit this- that Q says. If there's anything you need. Well, actually, there is, Q. <laughs> yeah. How about an inflatable jacket for the next time we <laughs> try an avalanche? Funny you should mention that, that. Boothroy. Well, I was just in an avalanche just then. <laughs> Throw in an invisible car while you're at it. <laughs> oh, isn't that sweet? He pays him and he says no. Just take the What if money. that old... <laughs> I'm just thinking when he says an old proverb, what do you just fit in there? It's like, bird never make nest in bear tree. <laughs> Bond goes and has a quickie with money. Oh, Penny. look at this one. You know Money Penny's going to use a cigar with that hat later on. <laughs> hey come on this is Lois Maxwell she had some class alright sorry a cigarette not a cigar <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means <laughs> let's rephrase that a big boss cigar <laughs> okay is she unusually tall or is Bernard Lee really short who the fuck is she waving at <laughs> Like, hello! <laughs> I always wanted the same thing. <laughs> I loved you in the Avengers. Thank you. <laughs> Who's that random guy in the front seat with you? That's not Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, here they are again. Beep, 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 beep. It's probably Sean Campbell back there. <laughs> you left me for dead. See you later. <laughs> 
This wasn't in the brochure. <laughs> now, what happens if they don't pull over? Blofeld tracks him down at the next town, the next <laughs> gas station. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's funny because I don't even know if I've told this story on the show before. I might have, but my brother, uh, growing up, used to say, "I just want to see a movie." And it's not like he was being morbid or anything. It was just like, "Wouldn't it be great if a movie just one day ended?" Because every movie has to have a happy ending or some type of closure. What if a movie just ended with somebody like getting stabbed in the throat? And it's like that was the end of the movie. Let's just end it there, like a main character dying just like that. And I didn't tell him what the ending was. I'm like, "You have to watch this movie just for the ending." And he watches the ending, and then he sees this, and it's like, "Look, somebody finally did it." You get stabbed in the throat. Well, uh, just the fact that there's somebody... A movie just ends with somebody dying. It's like... It, this is honestly one of the most unusual endings you'll ever see. This cop is, again, the worst cop in the world. How about a little car trouble there, mister? <laughs> <laughs> you killed your wife! Now, why isn't her brain, like, splattered on the window? That was a pretty powerful gun. <laughs> You've seen Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go, was it Harvey Keitel goes and gets the clean-up crew? Yeah, well, it's like the part where it's like, oh, what just happened back there? I just shot Marvin in the face! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we found a way to laugh at the most emotional scene Here's in the history of James Bond. is necrophilia again come on God, take it easy. James get over it she's dead what if he like this honestly feels like some guy in a mental institution he's sitting there stroking his pillow and it's got a face with some lipstick on Aww. it's like she's just having a rest again we talked about this didn't we that it's just like it's so sad it's sad and all of a sudden we'll get that ding 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 like it just doesn't work this closing like that just doesn't work I know Peter Peter Hunt said that he wanted this to be the opening scene of Diamonds Are Forever. I think this makes it an effective ending for this, but it would have been interesting to see it as the opening scene of mm. on um, for Diamonds Are Forever at the same time. But I don't know. I think the movie's so good on its own, but this ending really does just like take it to a different level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to see. And again, you were saying before about the revenge, but we don't really ever get that properly. But, I mean... How would have they ended this without this? Like, just them getting married. Happily ever after. Yay. Yeah. And, I mean, then, like, if it's at the beginning of a film, like, do you just forget about it so quickly? Like, oh, well, she's dead. Moving on to the revenge plot. Like, I think it works better at the end. But I think had they had they saved it for Diamonds of Forever, I mean, it was all messed up when Connery came back and they decided, well, we're going to have a change in tone. And Basically, Diamonds of Forever, it acts as if this never happened. I mean... They're only alluding to the fact that he's going after Blofeld for something. They never even say, well, he killed my wife. Yeah. So he could be going after Blofeld for anything. But if they had included that as the opening scene, I think you have to make it a revenge movie. And having it on the end here, I can kind of see Peter Hunt's point because Diamonds Are Forever doesn't really have a purpose now with you not, with this not being, I think nowadays you would do this and you remember, because uh, everybody knows, oh yeah, this is how the last movie ended. Really, this was like the first. This was the Empire Strikes Back before the Empire Strikes Back did it. Let's do a cliffhanger ending, but nobody had ever done something like this before, so maybe they just didn't know how to handle it. And then ultimately, we've still got the cliffhanger ending. <laughs> it's, it's always, 
there. Um, cool. Anything more to talk about um, Arnold or the Cookie Monster or? <laughs> It is such a good movie, and it's something yeah. that, like <laughs> yes, it is. I and mean, my it baby's is. crying now that it's over. Um, I mean, as we mentioned, it, this came at number two overall. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell, would you? Um, on our yeah. overall rankings, um, and as I said, Lazenby came at last. Oh, poor Lazenby! But um, I guess unless we've got anything else, who did Adley... you rank? Hmm. What? Who did you rank last? Who did I like? As in the actor? Yeah. Yeah, um, who was your... I think I had to put Lazenby just because it's like, well, you know, there's kind of, you can't not put Lazenby. Like, I don't mm-hmm. dislike any of the others enough. Um, well, I mean, you clearly do with Dalton, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, both Noah and I put Lazenby. I mean, it's hard to put Lazenby, but I guess Noah and I both had Daniel Craig at fifth as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you had, you had Lazenby ahead of Dalton. For shame. For shame. Anyway, uh, shall we pull out the other one that Red? we won't talk about much in yeah. the next one? <laughs> and you know what? If this ends up being licensed to kill, then it's God punishing me for not talking about this movie <laughs> enough during this movie. <laughs> All right. Once again, we've gone to andrew.hedges.name forward slash experiments forward slash random forward slash original HTML. Uh, I've entered number you know 20. That's amazing. Yes. I just want to. I just want to say. We have tweeted a fake Sean Campbell and a fake, I don't know who that person is you tweeted. We won't tweet this guy who's providing us with all of our <laughs> random generation. Well, he's probably dead too. Um, <laughs> it's copyright 2003, so yeah, probably dead. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we we don't want, if we get either the numbers 1, 6, 15, 19, 20, or 21, we have to redraw, all right? Are we ready for this? Pressing the button. Pressing it now. We have number 14, A View to a Kill. That's a more film. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's it's definitely not my favorite more, but I think that's going to be a really fun one to talk about because there's a lot. I mean, we're going to get to see 80-year-old Roger Moore. <laughs> we're going to get to see Mayday and her karate sex. We're going to get to see Christopher Walken being over the top, but as I said, not being walking enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, that'll be a fun one. It shall be quite a pleasure to finally do one of my films, Colin. Um, Where did you rank that? A view to, I, I was an A View to a Kill defender. I was the only fan of it, I believe, from memory. Um, I had it at number 13. Uh, but at one point when we were ranking these, it was like number 5. And yeah, I, I, I we... dropped it down. It was, an, it was originally number 10 when we ended everything, and then uh, when we redid a few things, I moved it down a bit. You... Have it at uh, twenty, and as does Noah. So overall, it came in at uh, nineteen, one below. Die another day. So, um, and we finally get more. We do more. Roger Moore. Uh, so that means <laughs> we would have covered everyone at that point, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, except for David Niven. Well, I'm only talking about the official ones. I, I haven't been on a Connery episode yet, so. Um, yeah. Noah hasn't been on anyone else but Connery <laughs> <laughs> so alright a view to a kill a view to a kill it is alright cool you're closing it remember very Mr. cool Sprogan? oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> well that was Honor Majesty's Secret Service <laughs> and um, thank you for joining us and thank you for what's his name for his random generation and uh, keep the comments coming because as Ben said we got several 
ratings, reviews, emails, and even though it took Ben about a month, a month and a half to check the email, um, we'll check it a lot sooner. If you send up a message, then uh, we'll reply to you. We'll give you a mention on the air from the two, sometimes three, most hilarious James Bond podcasters on the internet. We will make you lose your sproggin. And uh, don't forget, next time you listen to us, to get your incontinence pads ready and be near a toilet. Um, get to the chopper and... I look forward to joining you next time on another commentary on 007. This never happened to the other fellow. Forky! Um, nom, nom. Suppose I were to kill you for a thrill. Nom, 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 nom. Something more sociable to do. Is anything the matter? Just a slight stiffness coming on. Do you feel the air sickness? The hay fever? Or the sickness caused by the oysters? Or inability to eat meat? All right, everyone. Chill. Money, Penny? What will I do without you? My problem is that you never do anything with me. Oh, but I do without you, Miss Malipelli. Allow me to break the ice. You are funny pretending not to like girls. Well, I don't usually, but you're not usual. But I think you do not like girls, Hilly. Hilly, you old devil. Talk to the hand. Unusually small from them fellas polychlorus. I wasn't aware that your expertise included lepidoptery. Get to the chopper! They want me to send a description of myself. Tactfully adjusted to favor me. Yes. Hello, cutie pie. Never mind that. Go and get the brandy, huh? I'll be glad to get my feet on the ground. Not ground. Nice. What killed the dinosaurs? The ice With the kill. Miss Moneypenny, what would you do without me? It's not a tumor. Of course, I know what he's allergic to. I'm not shooting on you. I have been training my own special angels of death. Those girls. Those girls. Let's kick some ice. Darling, you're in trouble. What is it? There's people out there. And the guard shouldn't have killed my dog. Go out to your airport. He's making my passengers sick. They've had enough of your nonsense. So have I. You lie! What about a lift to the top? But surely there's a, there's a restaurant, a sports club out there. I've seen them advertised. Cold Cross Town. Since when? I've seen them advertised, I tell you. All right, but I, I still I can get to the top. What about all my clubber? My belongings, please? But they're mine, damn it! The authorities will hear about this. I'm not a pervert. I have all the time in the world. I just was looking for Turboman doll. I always cry at weddings. Bring the toy back. Bring the toy back to the carpet. Seven never had any respect for government property. First time in my life, I'm pissed off. Merry Christmas, 007. My papers are very sensitive. Thank you, Tracy. You've got sharp eyes and beautiful earlobes. Stop being such a pussy. Respectable baronets from the College of Heralds do not seduce female patients in clinics. I do not want to touch his ass. Yes, but what's a gun at genealogist? Probably word for an old people's doctor. Ah. I need a vacation. He had lots of guts. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. Cool. Well, anyway, don't forget, if there's anything you ever need... Thank you, Q, but this time I've got the gadgets. I know how to use them. Who is your daddy? It's all right. It's quite all right, really. She's having a rest. We'll be going on soon. There's no hurry, you see. All the time in the world. Put that cookie down! Now! Fancy meeting you here for all I... Well, me known for eating cookie when me don't fish out. Cookie trying to throw loyal fans a curve. What?
he doing eating fish or vegetable dish? Man, he sure got lots of nerve. To be or not to be. Not to be.